Joe Rogan made a bold statement on his show. Actually, it was more of a passive comment about censorship that I think isn't as big of a deal to him. But this is what usually happens in the media. Because the narrative coming out now is that Joe Rogan threatens to quit his $200 million Spotify deal if he has to walk on eggshells and mind his P's and Q's. Now, I think it's legitimate to say he's threatening to quit. And obviously, Spotify's listening. And we do know that there have been episodes that have been delayed or held back on Spotify since the latest outrage over Joe or whatever it is. So I think it's entirely possible Joe is kind of doing a, you know, passive state. Like, like he doesn't want to call up Spotify and say, hey, how, how dare you? Or maybe he has. I don't really know. But, we, uh, you know, so this is him going on a show and saying, hey, if this gets bad, I'll be quitting. So that's I think that's that's an interesting story to get into as it pertains to censorship and uh, what Joe's willing to do. But I do think it's more interesting that we've already seen episodes held or deleted. And there's a lot to talk about because I wonder if uh, Joe's already at the point where he's taken episodes down. So is he not already walking on eggshells? Does it, doesn't it already seem like he's, he's, you know, moving and the show's changing? We'll have a conversation about that. You know, and, and we contemplated which was more uh, newsworthy or a better lead. Cause the next one is hilarious. CNN is reportedly already, uh, CNN Plus is reportedly already failing on multiple fronts. One, there have been some issues about technical errors on CNN's new streaming platform, which launched, launched yesterday. But we heard on day one of their launch, they were offering a 50% lifetime discount, which is not confidence building for people who are watching. It, it seems CNN wasn't able to actually get anybody to sign up. Now it's being reported layoffs as early as May because the launch day for CNN Plus was so miserable. They don't think they will be able to sustain their investment. Wow, man. Talk about a crazy time in media. We've also got John Stewart going totally woke and complaining about white people. Bill Maher also going woke and saying Republicans hate black people, which is funny because he was referencing Clarence Thomas, which I'm pretty sure is like one of the most popular uh, conservative judges uh, among Republicans, especially. And then we get to Disney. There's uh, the Disney president or a, a Disney executive saying they want half of all content to be LGBTQIA or racial minorities. And there's a lot to break down there. And then, of course, we can talk about, you know, nuclear war and whatever and inflation destroying your lives and, uh, you know, whatever it might scare you. But we'll talk about media, I guess. Joining us to discuss this and also a nefarious plot to destroy the congressional campaign of Robbie Starbuck is Robbie Starbuck. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so Robbie Starbuck, for those of you who don't know, I'm running for Congress in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, District 5. Um, you know, and a big part of our campaign has just been making sure that we get rid of all of these career politicians and that we get real people in there right. to actually do the work of the people. And I think, you know, a big part of that for us has been saying no to every corporation that's knocked on our door and said, we want to give you money or get a pack to funnel money to your campaign. We don't want it. I'd rather put in my own money and, you know, have a grassroots operation than be one of those people that answers to Amazon in D.C. So what you're saying is we need politicians that represent the will of the people. Huh. Exactly. Exactly. That was a strong lead into promoting <laughs> the song. No, whatever. I, I might need to ask you about taking that song for a commercial. You know, you never know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're cool. Yeah, yeah. We also have uh, Ian Easton. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Uh, good to see you all. I hope you're all doing well. I'm doing extremely well myself. I, I uh I received this in the mail, and I want to show it to you. Someone sent this to me. I was like, "What is this?" And I opened it. Oh. Can you see from here? It's a twenty. It's a twenty-sided my joke. It's a twenty-sided <laughs> die, but it's all twenties. Oh, I think it's twenty-sided. Roll twenty. 
Yeah, so there's no it. losing here. Uh, I hope you're nice. doing well. I'm going to ease back into this, man. Some crazy stuff happened this last weekend, and I want to talk about it, especially right. Will Smith jacking that guy on stage because that's totally unacceptable. That guy? Chris I, Rock? Yeah. I don't know. Chris Rock. <laughs> phrasing. Totally fake. I think it's fake. <laughs> yeah, the phrasing could yeah, be uh, cleaned up there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I'm, I'm from the 90s. Yeah. I am also talk. here in the corner pushing buttons. Very enjoyable. We love having Robbie, and we're excited to hear what he has to say this evening. And don't forget to head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. And you'll get access to exclusive episodes of this show that go up Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Oh, I'm, I'm listening. I was just uh, oh, I shaking were, up my, like, my coconut water. He turns to me and he's shaking. He's like, <laughs> like I'm like, I, do you need to do a spell on your team? I thought you needed to promote something. <laughs> no, no. Continue, please. Yeah, go to TimCast.com. Support our work. Uh, smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's, uh, let's take this story about Joe Rogan's passive comment and turn it into a major news cycle event, I suppose, because yeah. that seems to be what everyone does. But I want to talk about censorship. I want to talk about what's happening with, uh, with big media, with YouTube, with CNN. And I do think it's worth launching off with this. So we have this story from Daily Mail. Joe Rogan threatens to quit his $200 million Spotify deal if he has to walk on eggshells and mind my P's and Q's following N-word and vaccine misinformation controversies. They say on, on the uh, Joe Rogan experience, guest and MMA fighter Josh Barrett, 44, said he was worried he'd be judged for every little thing. Quote, I will quit if it gets to a point that I can't do it anymore, where I have to do it in some sort of weird way where I walk on eggshells, Rogan replied. He has been under fire in recent months, this we understand. And now he's basically come out and, and made this statement. Joe also came out and talked about Chris Rock getting slapped in the face, because I think as a comedian, everyone's like, yo, that was not cool to smack Chris Rock. But we'll get into that stuff later. I want to point out, first and foremost, as I said, is this just a passive comment? You know, he's sitting there, he's he's doing his show, and he's like, I'd quit if it got to that point, because I, I, I just want to mention, hasn't it got to that point? How many episodes now have been taken down of the Joe Rogan experience? Do we know? How do you, countless. Do you, what's that website? Do you know what that website is? I don't know what it is. I'm gonna look into it. It's jremissing.com. So. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. jremissing.com. Yeah, jremissing.com. Yeah. There you go. 113 episodes of the, of the Joe Rogan podcast are missing from Spotify. And on February 4th, 2022, a whole bunch of episodes were taken down, including one with Kyle Kalinsky, where Kyle, uh, so everyone said the reason they were taken down is because they're episodes where Joe said the N-word. Kyle said that wasn't true. Right. And he was he said in that episode though he was talking about Saudi Arabia and that's what he thinks. So I, I just gotta I just gotta you know call it like it is, man. I think Joe's a good dude. I think he does tremendous good. But I'm also not convinced he would quit. I think that if it really did came down to it, Joe would not publicly say, "Hey, I'm being forced to do something." Where was Joe Rogan's statement on why Majid Nawaz's episode was withheld for three weeks? Hmm. I think it was three weeks. Majid was lighting up the internet on this. This Majid hosts, uh, you know, previously. And recently hosted a huge show uh, on, on uh, the radio in London. What is it? Um, what's what's LBC stand for? London. It's not no, London it's not London. Company. I it's don't like remember. British Channel or something. No, know. it's not that. It was like conversation, something like that. I don't know. London's Imagine, biggest conversation. London Broadcasting like Company originally. No, 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 no that's no. not what it stands for. That's yeah. what this says. From it's a radio right. show. It yeah. means something else. Because I, I said that to him, and I was <laughs> like, "What is it? Like London Bro- London Broadcasting Corporation?" He laughed. He's like, "No, it's like something biggest conversation." But anyway, imagine Noah's not some random nobody. So when he goes and records with Joe and talks about a whole bunch of really important stuff. And then the episode doesn't go live for almost a month and we hear nothing from Joe. I got to be honest, as much as I think Joe is a good dude and I think he does stand up for a lot of people in good ways. I also think that if it really came down to it, he would not tell us he's being censored. He'd pull the episodes, passively mention them, you know, not really give some some good answer. And then the reality is he'd he'd likely apologize. 
Well, that's my frustration a lot with, you know, the totality of Hollywood and entertainment, because, you know, for those who don't know that, that was where I started. You know, I directed Oscar winning actors, actresses, some of the biggest music stars. And, you know, being in that world, I always hear now that I'm in politics, people go, oh, was it really hard being like the lone conservative? And the truth is, I was not the lone person on that side. The reality is, is there's a bunch of cowards. I was going to say you're making conservatives sound like cowards, but you said it before me. <laughs> They're a bunch of cowards, you know, and I've said it to their faces. And some of these people are the biggest stars in the industry. And they're just terrified of not having easy access to capital. It's not just access. It's easy access. I, I could call out some people right now. Yep. Because I remember I was hanging out in L.A. And uh, there was a bunch of Trump supporters that were uh, doing some event. And there was some celebrity they saw who they knew. And they walked up and they you know, high five, fist bump, gave yep. hugs. And then this, this individual just was like, no, 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 nobody can know. Nobody can know. It's like, I'll lose, I'll lose everything. Yep. Yeah. 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 Naming it's a, names. It's, it's a big, it's a big thing. And you know, that cowardice is going to cost us something at some point. And that's why I think, you know, we've got to try to motivate these people to show that you can have success outside of this because it does have a cultural impact. And then being able to see that, you know, honestly, even on levels like this, that a show like this can be as successful as it is, I would hope would give some sort of inspiration to somebody like Rogan to say, you know what? And he's done this before, before he was with Spotify. So I wish it would just sort of encourage those people to say, you know, have some courage. Go fight for something. Fight for free speech. Fight for these values you say you believe in. Because that episode's incredible, by the way. You know, he went he went hard. Majid, how do you say Majid, his name? Majid. Majid. It was one of the most significant Rogan episodes ever, which is why I, I you know, I always want to cut Joe Slack. He's, he's got the biggest podcast in the world. He does tremendous good. He reaches so many people, and I know a ton of people who are like left-leaning normies who have learned a lot of truth and principle because they watch Joe. Absolutely. But I'm going to be honest. When I look at this, I can't come out here in good conscience and be like, look, I know Joe. I consider him a friend. And uh, he's, he's, he's totally right. He'll stand up. I'm like, dude, everybody knows that episodes have been pulled. Everybody knows that episodes have been withheld for, for or delayed. Everybody knows Joe's apologized for a variety of things. I think it would be dishonest for, for me to just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he'll definitely. I don't think so, man. You tell me if I'm wrong about this. I do feel like if you were in a similar situation, which I don't think you would be in in the first place because I don't think you want to be owned by anybody. But if you were in that situation, you would absolutely not stand for it. Like if uh, – uh, in, so in, in, in this respect, I, I have a different strategy on stuff like this. It would be an insane lie for me to say that uh, if YouTube ever came to me with censorship demands, I would refuse. Well, of course not. Of course, there's been several circumstances where I've been like, I can't say a certain name on the show, so nobody say it, right? So we set up TimCast.com to make sure that we could have our own space that was isolated and protected, that was fortified. Uh, Joe's in that space. Yeah. He's, he's, he's literally in his fortified space. He's got a secure contract. And if he's willing to withhold uh, shows on, uh, with a secure contract, now that I'm like, I mean, in that circumstance, yeah. I wouldn't do it. And, and I, and I gotta say, there, there are some things I can't talk about because we do work with other companies, but we've actually had, uh, uh, people come to us and try and cancel us, you know, with, with things we're doing on the website. And we've basically given them the middle finger. And good. We, we, we play a similar game to like what, uh, what Daily Wire did when Harry's pulled out and denounced them. They were like, we are going to put everything that we would have, we had to promoting you, to denouncing you, to rivaling you, to challenging you. So I'll put it this way on YouTube. There's a different story here. Joe, I, I think he mentioned this, but I could be, maybe I'm misremembering. It's been a while. You know, he mentioned that like YouTube, their censorship 
It, it, you know, on Spotify, he's going to be free. It's a, it's, a, it's a network deal. And already we're seeing there's still censorship. I do think it's fair to say that if he stayed on YouTube, they would have nuked him in two seconds for a variety of things. Agreed. Yes. So, you know, what do we do? Well, we, we here at Timcast, we want to keep the YouTube show going. We want to maintain as much reach as possible for the, the maximum good we can do. But we always, we always promote the website. We have journalists on the website. And we're, we want to make sure we're leveraging the access to this, you know, to YouTube's network to promote a space where we can have whatever conversation we want to have. If Rogan watches, he should think about that those couple words you used, maximum good. What is the maximum good he could do? Because he he has a very successful career. You know, we actually used to live in the same area um, when we were both in Calabasas. And, you know, he's incredibly successful. At this point, what's the maximum good you can do? And it would be build your own. Build it and they will come. I think yeah. he would have more people and it'll have some longevity. You know, you can bring in other people and then uh, allow a space where people can be free. You, I, know? you know, look... uh when we started expanding TimCast.com, uh, when we started expanding, when I started expanding from just my YouTube show, which was me sitting in a room with a, with a GoPro pointing at my face, and now we're in this like six-figure studio, I was not rich. I, I, I was like taking all of the money that I was making and like spending like crazy to like build and grow and expand. Joe was rich before the podcast yeah, yeah. and was rich during the podcast. But this just go, it just goes to show there's different kinds of people. And, and, and I'll stress this again. I mean, the amount of good the dude has done. Yeah. For, for one thing, the fact that I'm even here and the success I've had is, is uh, due partly to Joe helping me out. I should say, you know, Joe expressed to me, he was like, nah, look, man, you came on my show. You helped make those episodes big. And I'm like, yeah, but look, he didn't have to have me on. There's, there's you know, he really, really helped out everything yeah. we're doing. That's undeniable. And so I think he has helped create a whole lot through his sphere of influence. I just get frustrated sometimes when I see people of massive means not being like, yo, if you've got, if you've got $10 million, 10, you could be like, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a million bucks and I'm going to start something. Seed something. Seed something. I, I think it's fair to point out it would, it's very difficult to launch a podcasting platform. Yeah. I think Joe could have done it. He could, 100%. No he doubt could he could. It. No doubt he could. When it comes to and it would be massively successful. It, you know? it really comes down to mental capital. I think a lot about this lately. Like if, cause we talk sometimes, like if you had $100 million, why don't you do something with it? Why don't you create a company? Cause it is, it requires your time and your energy. Otherwise, unless you're going to do like, we were kind of chatting about this before the show, you're either throwing your money at a group of people that you're just going to trust and hope that it works out. But at that point, Rogan's not even involved anymore. I don't want to yeah. see him throw money down a drain. So like, does he have the time? And the energy and the desire to run a company, because that is a lot of work, a lot of listening, um, hours and hours, yep. many, many days. You know, every day you don't work is basically the company's going to fall apart that you're not there. So, yeah, it's just I think we, there's enough people who believe in him, though, in the message and and you know what he's doing. Where you could build out a team where that wouldn't even be necessary. I do think that that's the case. You know, even even if you look in that more corporate world of entertainment, there's people dying to get out of these places if they were given an opportunity to go run with something that could be really, you know, an open forum for freedom and for people to do podcasts and similarly sort of just have no rules. It's you know? hard. You know, I'll 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 say that it is not easy. Everything we're doing, um, you get to the point where people really need to understand this about companies. Once you reach like 50 employees, I say like because it varies from state, but federally, a whole bunch of crazy restrictions and regulations yep. kick in. All of a sudden, now you're dealing with uh, infiltrators. I'd love to just you know hire everybody, but what happens if you hire Antifa? 
Yep. What happens if Joe's like, I'm going to launch my own thing. And then you get one person who's like, I only need six months and then I can plant that seed and nuke everything from. Yep. It's difficult. Yep. And you'll get people who will do it. You'll get people who act like your best friend and their only interest is just extracting as much as they can from the system and watching it burn down. And then they'll spend all their time just complaining about you and talking about how you were a bad person if you did everything for them. It's nightmarish. Yeah. It's the same thing with campaigns, by the way. Political campaigns, same thing. I mean, you get the same deal with political infiltrators wanting to get in, things like that. So you have to keep a very tight-knit group. And it's a bummer. I, I want to I just kind of uh, make sure I stress the point. Joe's not obligated to do anything. And at this point, he's done so much good. Yeah. I, the, the the dude could turn his show into a cooking show, and I'd be like, he had a great run, man. Yep. Yeah. Great run, no, absolutely so. true. But this is the thing about great people is you expect and want greatness all the time, and you push them to be the best <laughs> version of what you think they can be. Right. And that's a healthy thing. That's what a real friend does, too. A real friend doesn't just clap for you and pretend you're always doing good. A real friend's going to go, you need to go and try to level up. And I think that's, you know, at the core of anybody sort of saying this that appreciates him is we're saying, level up, man. You have it in you. You can level up and you can take a stand that is going to be powerful. I also wonder just, you know, look, obviously we're not afraid of offending leftists. I just don't care. And I wonder if Joe's mentality is more so there are people who are on the left who just don't know. And you've got to be able to reach them somehow. I can respect yeah, that. I can respect I'm, that. I'm, I'm not saying that's exactly what he's doing, but I certainly respect varying degrees of trying to reach people. Cause I'm at the point where it's like, look, we're going to talk about the truth. We're going to, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we're typically respectful and the members only stuff at timcast.com. I was swearing a lot yesterday. Yeah, I was swearing at Ron Perlman. Because that dude is irredeemable. <laughs> He's crazy. Crazy. I actually tried to watch that Twitter video he made, and I had to shut it off twice out of fear. Like, he scares me <laughs> because I've seen him in so many movies. I so mean, you can kind of angry. almost see a mugshot in it. You know, if you just, if you look hard enough, you can see his future mugshot because something's going to, something's going to crack the guy. It's like one Why? eye was like down. <laughs> Why does he do that thing where he like, he smashes his chin? <laughs> you, you know, know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Instead of, instead of filming a video and being like, hey, all of these photos and videos are of him pointing down. And it's so <laughs> weird. Mashing his face so he looks crazy and like, <laughs> Donnie it's, boy. Especially because like as a director, you know, actors like him have been blocked out so many times where they know the blocking. They know how they look in front of a camera. Like he's, he's camera aware. He knows what is going on and he does that intentionally. You know, okay? you know the greatest thing ever would be is if like Ron Perlman comes out in like a few months and then he has a whole collection of all of the videos and photos he's posted. And then he just tells everybody is like, I hope I made you laugh because it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I got to be honest, like watching that out out of the context of politics is one of the funniest things ever. Where yes. he's, con like, yes. he's, he's a meme where people like show a picture of his face all smashed and like he saying is. crazy things. I, I mean, and it's also like it's just an extension of the craziness of the left right now where literally all of them have to make sure they go gay, <laughs> gay, gay. As if all of us are like, oh, how to call the police. This <laughs> that, person just said the word again. This, this is illegal now. I just had to <laughs> sign know? the bill. It's Ridiculous. Like the bill doesn't stop it from happening. Anyway. Ridiculous. Let's, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the, something else that's, that's, that's funny. We'll have a good laugh today. We have this tweet from Siraj Hajmi. Uh, CNN Plus. It's a collection of, uh, of images posted by Siraj. CNN Plus tweets. Today, a historic day for us as we launch CNN Plus. Our streaming platform that brings you the stories of our world anytime you want. What uh, what was a recent newsworthy, newsworthy first for you? Now, I, a quick question. 
Did CNN get their own emoji on Twitter? Oh, Did they paid for that. Right, right, right. Now, here we go. Thank you, Siraj, for this. The very next day. <laughs> Breaking. CNN Plus employees bracing for layoffs, possibly as soon as May, amid projections of lackluster sales of new streaming channel. Of new streaming channel. CNN employees say new streaming channel could be merged into larger Discovery Plus as early as May, unless subscriptions pick up. Uh, and then he's shocker. Pick up 130. I don't know. Check this out. Check this out, though. From Sagar and Jetty. CNN Plus already showing no confidence in their product. Throwing away subs at discount rates to fake their initial signup numbers shows how worthless the product is. Book clubs and parenting advice from personalities you can already get for free on CNN. Garbage. CNN. Tell on, us how you really feel. <laughs> on day one of CNN's new service, we're offering 50% off for life. Now, look, I understand if, you know, someone does like a promo read and the advertiser says, we'll do a discount for your audience because we're trying to attract new people to come and sign up. This is day one yeah, of CNN. Not a good sign. No confidence. Well, Ooh. this is what's really funny, okay, is I want you to just imagine something. There was a table like this one that we're at right now and there were a bunch of people around it and they all thought it would be a really good idea. And they thought that people would pay for access to more Brian Stelter and more—I <laughs> can't even say what that—and more Don Lemon. Okay, these people are crazy. There's no other way to put it. They are absolutely off their rocker, insane. Nobody wants to pay for this, and anybody want- who does, that's going to be a list that you want in the future because they belong in a mental institution. Okay, I, I, I genuinely wonder how many people that signed up for their service though. So I'm wondering if they'll release those numbers or if they have. I don't know. Oh, no way. If it's really low, they probably won't do it. Uh, I, I just want to point out to all of our members at TimCast.com, you get a, a variety of shows. Mostly, you'll get Monday through Thursday, our members-only show. It's a half an hour long or so, sometimes longer because we'll have people talking about crazy stuff and we go for a long time. And uh, we also have the Green Room show, which is uh, Fridays. It's in the in the green room hanging out with these personalities. We had you know Jeremy Boring. We also have um, conspiracy shows and stuff that are more seasonal. We don't produce nearly as much as CNN does. You know, their their thing is. Like but people day. actually want to watch you. That's the difference. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. But the point I'm making is, it's ten bucks yeah. for TimCast.com because that's about what we need to charge to for one. You know, produce all these shows and and, and continue to expand. You know, maybe once once you have way, substantially more subscribers, you lower the price. You know, it can go down the more people who sign up. CNN lowered the price before anybody even had a chance to sign yep. up. But one member at TimCast.com is creating the cultural influence of three members of CNN, CNN Plus. 100%. So that, that's what I think is, is significant here. And they're struggling and they're going to be laying people off. And you know what? Good riddance to a, to a bad problem. Well, I think I told Lydia this. You know, so I've been on, you know, pretty much every big show. I've been on Tucker and all these other places. The one show that I've been on where I've had more people come up to me than anything is actually this one. That seems crazy to me. It, it is weird, and I never expected it. You know, I knew we'd get some, you know, because you always get some from different shows. I always thought Tucker would be the biggest, you know, because he has just a really rabid audience. Um, and I've been on there a lot, so I would especially think that it would be from there. But there's so many people who just randomly come up to me and are like, hey, I saw you on Tim Pool. He is amazing. The show is amazing. I love Lydia. 
and then they that's leave just, you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that guy. <laughs> that Ian guy. It's, it's like in that listen. long-haired guy. It's the form. It's long form because yeah. you can sit here and people get to know you. For yeah. Real. yeah. And they're like, right, they know you. Like, I afterwards. think that that actually might be what it is. Is the recognition long term? If you sit with somebody for an hour, you remember them. If you really get into a conversation with them, but if you sit with them for a four minute hit on Tucker or something like that, if you're interested, maybe you remember. If you're not, yeah. then it's just another talking head on TV. Truth you know? be told, uh, it's it's one of the reasons why I stopped going on Fox. Yeah. You know, they started hitting me up more and more. And then after a certain point, I was just like, why? Yeah. I mean, no offense. not trying to drag them because the guys who were trying to book me were nice. But it's just like, I honestly I have no incentive to, to, to do a three-minute spot on your show. The first yeah. uh, 20, 30 years of my life was in the entertainment industry as an actor. For age 15 to 30, I was like, I'm going to get to the Oscars one day. And I'm going to ha- I'm going to have my moment of three minutes where I get to tell the world the right info that I need to deliver. And then YouTube appeared. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it was like every day is an Oscar speech. This completely – the industry is completely – Shifted, yeah. It's just totally. And this is, brings me back to the CNN. Whoever's running this business is not savvy. Either they 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 put they gambled on this they gambled the yep. the livelihoods of their employees on this on, and on on extra Chris Wallace content That's okay <laughs> Chris they, Wallace you know, but, but think about being Chris Wallace yep. and being so inept that you were like going to CNN Plus is a good idea. Well, this is actually, you know, I feel almost a little bad for him because this is one of those generational things. Like at his age, some, you know, younger executive comes and says, we're going to do this cool new streaming platform. And, you know, he's like, well, that's the new thing. I mean, I guess people are doing streaming. So sure. And has no concept of the fact that nobody's going to pay for this from CNN Plus. Yeah, but nobody cares. They made him denounce Fox. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. 100%. Spineless losers. He's like, you know, I could tolerate uh, opinion, but when you're calling for insurrection but when you have certain opinions then i can't tolerate it anymore so one of the responses to siraj was uh, about cnn plus that sucks are we celebrating this people are losing jobs yes we are because the people who would work at cnn the people that were exposed by project veritas the ones who were saying we don't do news anymore they want to destroy your life these are people who are like don't blame me i know cnn's bad but I'll certainly take a pitchfork and chase you out of town if they tell me to. Yep. Now, nah, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. When, when, when we talk about cops, when we talk about policing, and I say, I'm not going to defend cops when they're shutting down mom and pop shops over COVID. The police departments don't deserve my support if they're going to arrest some lady over, a, a, you know, opening her salon or a guy for having, opening his gym. You think I'm going to sit here and stand for the people at CNN who are either willfully or ignorantly supporting that, that crooked, corrupt BS? No way, dude. They should all be fired. Yeah. They, you know, I have, no sympathy, no empathy for that crowd. They get fired. I'm going to celebrate every single time. Um, on a side note, in our area down in Tennessee, our officers did not allow any of that COVID stuff to happen, period. Yeah. And that is the reason why you're seeing this massive exodus out of blue states and out of areas where the police do allow this stuff. In our areas, the police protected the people, which is what they're supposed to do, you know, and they protected our rights. I, th- I think that's an important distinction, too, because I've been like, you know, I've said, you know, abolish the police. Fine. You know, Democrats, if they want it, they can get they can take whatever they want. I'll call their bluff. And with the cops, we're shutting down people over COVID. You know what? Fine. Get rid of them. But I should issue a clarification. What we're really talking about is the problem, the problematic police are in big cities yep. that are run by Democrats 100%. and appointed by Democrats. And they're usually are run by Democrats at the actual 
you know, station right. too. Yeah, you the know, chief of and, police and is the chief of police is a politician, a hundred percent, and they're Democrats. Um, and they're not just slightly Democrats; these are far left, you know, radicals in a lot of these places. And blue state troopers, a hundred percent. I mean, you see some of them reporting on their own officers for just going and doing investigative work. You know, yeah. that's happened in a number of cases where they're running something down, and they're like, "No, you can't do that." We haven't had a whole lot of conversations about abolishing the South Dakota police, who you know didn't go and 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 and. and harass people and shut them down. In fact, yep. South Dakota did a pretty good job. Yep. And in Florida, they put up billboards. I think there was one out here that said, you know, it was basically like, come be a cop in Florida. So, you know, we're in we're in Western Maryland and we're in West Virginia, but over on the Maryland side, they're like, hey, if you don't want to be a cop here because of what's going on, then come down to Florida. Come on over. So, so the, the issue really is, you know what? It's not the police. Uh, it's the politics. Well, Michael Malice would have some choice words there. But uh, yeah, it's the politics. It is. Well, no, I know, you know, the sheriffs that really are making a difference in this country are the ones who go out there and say, I want you armed. I want you to exercise your Second Amendment. I want you to carry. I want you to be a part of this service to the community to make sure we live in a safe place. Where I live in Tennessee, you don't worry about violent crime. You don't worry about any of these issues because, number one, people are worried you might be caring. But number two, they know that our sheriffs don't put up with anything like that. And beyond that, when the government comes in and intrudes, and this is the most important point, when the government oversteps – they don't say my job is to serve the government. They say my job is to serve the people. And that is the really important distinction. That's when you go from it being, you know, police to being, you know, essentially state actors. Yeah. And that's where I'd have a problem. The people who go and they're saying I'm going to go defend whatever Joe Biden's edict is, even if it's illegal, that's not something I want any part in. But if you're going and you're doing what was intended, you can't replace that. You know, we need more and more of that sort of, you know, outlook. Yeah, when CNN people, just to reiterate, lose their jobs, uh, I'm not going to shed a tear over it. Nope. I'm, yeah, I, I think uh, when it comes to I'll the throw jobs, them a party. Like, <laughs> a big part of them a party. Yeah, the they can come. The and Reserve, it'll say uh, learn to code. <laughs> they, they want, like, the Federal Reserve's huge on job creation programs. They're all about the job economy, where you yeah. dig a hole, and then they're going to get that guy to come fill the hole back up. And then they'll pay that guy to dig it. And they'll pay you fake money and keep you paying taxes and, and owe interest. So they, they make money off of your toiling around with these yep. jobs. Well, that, this, yep. at this that what, point, shattering a worthless company is not necessarily losing. You know, yeah, you're losing jobs, but it might actually benefit the society. If you have a company that's doing bad things, you want those jobs to be gone. Yep. Bravo, sir. Yep. A hard 20 right there from Ian. CNN is damaging society. They're not helping it. So when 100%. they're like, we have to lay off these people, I'm just like, um, if you hired somebody to go and riot with Antifa, I would appreciate it if they were laid off. Yeah. CNN is the mental equivalent of Antifa. A hundred percent. They're causing insane political damage. They're the reason people like Ron Perlman smash their face into their chest and go, Donnie boy, don't say gay because the dude doesn't <laughs> actually know what's going on because no he clue. watches CNN. CNN's owned by Disney, right? Yep. This is so it's no, Disney wait, are, propaganda. Are really? No, 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 no. They're not it's owned AT&T, by Disney. Isn't it? Yeah. They're not owned by Disney. Oh, they're not owned by Disney? No. Okay. No. Yeah. No, CNN. Disney, right? No, okay, yeah, it's owned by Warner. Uh, CNN's operated by Warner Media. Yeah. It, yeah. It's uh, ESPN that's owned by Disney. I was yes. getting that mixed right. up. ABC, yeah, all these other companies owned by Disney, operated by AT and T. So it's Warner. This is like the news arm of Warner of that yeah. that company. So they just they just got sold. I think they just got sold to Warner, right? Because I know there was a recent sale. Um, as of twenty twenty, yeah, because I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. AT and AT and T owned them. Yeah, but AT and T is owned by Warner. Or no, they're owned by Dish. So what, like like Warner whoever bought the sold name. it they got out quick they got yeah, out at the right did. time they did they did and they're just gonna subsidize it you think Warner's just gonna subsidize this thing to death basically until it no one until it's completely it's annihilated it, I had I had I was wondering about this because CNN's ratings are so abysmal 
I'm just like, what? Why would someone buy CNN? I don't get it. Brand I really power? don't. I don't even want the brand anymore. The I brand's toxic. The brand's popular yeah. though. It is super popular with like normie. The normie internationally, crowd. yes, that's the issue. So what happens is uh, CNN on YouTube, their YouTube ratings tripled from like 25 million a week to 80 million a week when the war happened. For about three weeks, yeah. their their viewership love was war. triple. Well, no, it's it's regular people who are like, hey, some big news thing happened. I better yeah. search CNN mm-hmm. for it. But it's why they're motivated to make stories happen that go in that direction because they love war. Right. It helps the ratings. Advertisers pay more. You know, good things happen in their view. Wow. I mean, that's very much like a fireman getting paid to put out fires and then end up lighting their own fires to get paid. (laughs) I mean, there there should not be an incentive to make money for a news organization on bad news. Did you see Ryan Long uh, and Danny Polishchuk's bit about the Antifa window repair? Yeah. Yeah. They were like, they simultaneously go out with Antifa riding and smashing windows, but then also offer our window repair service. Yes, yes. So, you know, that's kind of how it works. A little bit like that. Boy. Exactly. Well, I mean, they're cheerleading at this point. Some of the stuff, you know, we were listening um, in the car, um, and I think they were replaying, C- it was either CNN or MSNBC in the car, and um, these people were totally ludicrously pushing for war. You know, you couldn't be more sort of profane in terms of your divorcedness from the human side of this that people are going to have to die for this you know but on their side of things they're like we want to keep this going for ratings thank you for using the word profane i've been thinking of how about how you don't have to use swear words to be profane certain behaviors and actions are profane oh they're more profane than than curse words you know they really are if you're sitting there and you're advocating to send a bunch of young men and women to die in some foreign country that they have no business in that's profane that's more profane than somebody using the f word or whatever it is that is profane because you're divorced from the reality of war and loss and pain that normal people feel. And if you're divorced from that, you're divorced from everything that matters. Let me let me pull up this story. We'll get we'll start getting get into more hard politics. This is from the Daily Mail. Two Russian fighter jets that violated Swedish airspace earlier this month were equipped with nukes with the aim of scaring Stockholm. You know, it's certainly a story you could lead with for a show, like, oh, oh, Russia deployed nukes. At this point, I am desensitized. To, to these stories. And we talked about it yesterday. Vladimir Putin reportedly, you know, travels to nuclear bunker. And as we're getting into it, I'm just like, yo, I am, I am desensitized to this. They have fear mongered and screamed and banged on things to the point where I'm like, whatever, dude, I got a bucket full of beans. I'm not going to cry and complain about it. And what do we even say when every day they're trying to push some, some, you know, Ukraine war, Joe Biden, like. Well, you know, what's sad is the minute I saw that I I didn't believe it because, you know, I'm just kind of at that point where I'm numb to it. And I feel like we've been told so many lies by the same people for so long. And every time you bite and believe them, you end up really regretting it. I mean, and so I, I, my first question is, what's the intelligence on that? Who, who said that this is the fact? Yeah. You know, yeah. Who knows what their aim was? I mean, you'd have to have Russian intelligence confirming. Yeah, that you would that was have to, you know, or have some sort of visual confirmation. I didn't read the story, so I don't know what they're saying is backing up this claim. But they're just reporting it. It's them. It's their 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 intelligence. Yeah, and I have no I have no respect for it at this point. You this know, is, there's there's nothing I can say except for that. I you know you it can't even assume emerged. it's true. It has emerged. It has emerged. Emerged from where? Is, Daily Mail, <laughs> is this like, like the Loch Ness monster? Is this company Daily Mail like a shock content? Because I, I, I see inf- in interesting stuff come out of Daily Mail that sort other of people mix. don't report on. Yeah, but then it's, you get it's, like it's thre- Joe Roten threatens, and it's like, well, I mean, he he was warning. I, I thought it was more of a warning, but they they phrased this as a threat. They're a little bombastic. Yeah. You know? Okay. 
That's that's a little what I'm bombastic, wondering. but there's real there's real stuff there. Yeah, you so, know? sometimes I think they don't go far enough in how they describe things. Sometimes I think they frame it wrong. Sometimes I think they go too far. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Does Newsguard give them a hundred? No, not a hundred. I mean, maybe actually. Well, see, that's the thing that I try to teach my own kids about consuming media and news in general is that they need to do what Tim just did. You know, like critically think about what each one of these places you're reading from actually does. What do they do? What are the mistakes they make so that when you're consuming the information, you can do so in a manner where you can kind of parse out, "Mm, this might actually not be wholly accurate, but they're pretty good with this stuff. So that's probably true. And then go to somewhere else that is good with the stuff they're not good with. And you can kind of fuse it together for a real understanding of what you're probably getting. Let's be real, though. Let's be real. If right now... I got a CNN alert on my phone or a, a, a video from CNN went on all the TVs or wherever. And it was Brian Stelter himself saying, ladies and gentlemen, a nuclear missile was fired from Russia and is currently heading towards the north to, to towards the United States. I believe it. If, if CNN came out on TV and Brian Stelter said an ICBM has been fired and it's being tracked and headed towards the U.S., I would believe it. Well, I should put it this way. I would act as though it were true is a better way to put it. Mm, I don't know. You know, if that potato went on TV and said my birthday was February 27th, I probably wouldn't believe it. Well, that's different, though. <laughs> Even though it is my birthday. <laughs> but, that's, but, but, but that's different. Like, we're, we're talking about a missile headed towards the U.S. Like maybe Jake Tapper, I'd believe it. If it was Jake Tapper, maybe I'd believe it. it was I good. feel like he wouldn't lie about that. He'd lie about a lot of other stuff, but maybe not that. I like that you phrased it as you would act as though it were true, not necessarily believe it face value, right. but take evasive action. If, if someone's going to go on national TV and make that claim, that's a big enough claim for me personally to, to take seriously, regardless of where it probably comes from. Probably wise, probably right. wise in the case of a nuke. I'll give you that. But if he said it about a virus, I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not biting oh, on yeah, that. Any non-immediate <laughs> thing, I'm not going to make a snap jump. I'm not going yeah, right. to jump to activity because of what C- yeah, just told me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if Brian Stelter, you know, posted a Twitter video and he said intelligence is reporting and an ICBM headed towards the East Coast, I'd be out the door and I'd be like, let's go to our secure location and act as though it's true. And then if he comes out later and he's like, whoopsie, I was watching War Games or, or what, what is that? What is that movie? Yeah, with, uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, War he, Games. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about burying the lead. I'm pretty sure you just confirmed you have a nuclear bunker. Well, I didn't say nuclear bunker. But we have a secure location. I mean, you kind of you kind of inferred, possibly, or implied nuclear bunker. You you know? But we have a bunker. Exciting. I'm not entirely sure it can withstand a nuclear blast. Would you guys ever move into one of those bunkers where they launch, like, space shuttles out of and stuff? You mean the ICBM Move into silos? it just yeah, for fun? Yeah, an old silo. Yeah, like, live there. No, I have a beautiful farm, so I'd stay there. <laughs> I'm staying. No, I'm staying on the farm. What about under your farm? But no, you but you, yeah, you can. In a nuclear war? Oh, absolutely. I could... So, I could survive anywhere if I had my wife, my kids, and my my dogs. I'm happy. You it can, doesn't matter where I am. You can buy nuclear sil- uh, ICBMs, uh, uh, silos, missile silos. They're not necessarily nuclear silos. Okay. And there's like 16 floors. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But you, if you set up the farm up top, you you go down and you have this big cylindrical uh, mansion. I could live with that. I could it, live with it that. It looks like really cool, but I think that's more fantasy. When you get there, it's all grungy and like yeah. mold. And smells, <laughs> it sounds like know? a great idea until you smell it, yeah. right? Until that's you probably can't see it. the sun. I know. Yeah. And you get... Vitamin D deficiencies, depressed all the time. Welcome to my world, my gosh. Man, these these dystopian sci-fi movies where people are in like this underground room with TV screens for windows. And they're like, we're there basically, you know. Well, it's amazing how many people have vitamin D deficiencies. I know that's totally off topic, but I was just talking about that with somebody the other day. It is incredible the number of people 
who don't get the right stuff that their body needs. I was also you know? like, if you could somehow get sunlight underground with mirrors, yeah, all then, the way, then you're like, business. you lose fidelity on every time it bounces off the mirror. So you have to use like sound <laughs> to guide the light and you might be able to guide light down tunnels with sound. Yeah. So you could like have daylight with underground sound? with sound. What? Sound waves can can uh, guide photons without interference, as much as interference as they found with matter. Yeah, it's got to be an immense amount of energy, I'd imagine, right? Probably, I'm sure. I, yeah. I don't know that much about Excuse it. Use mirrors, I, and I don't want to take away from your vitamin D talk because that's yeah. super. <laughs> I've actually been taking a vitamin D supplement. Yeah, uh, me, me too. Infowars Info store lately. Vitamin D and vitamin K, I think it is from Jones himself, Mr. Jones. Oh. Mine's from my doctor. doctor. Mine's from my doctor, but it's uh, it's therapeutic because I feel like people need to really boost this stuff. It gives you so much energy, makes you feel so. Healthy healthy you know i'm not making a go talk to your medical person about it you know i'm not no, telling yeah, anybody to do it to, but if you're not getting out and getting enough sunlight yeah it's you, so yeah. good for you oh my gosh i was just in washington state over the weekend and the sun was amazing because it's not like a desert it's kind of a desert it's like a mountain desert man that sunlight just non-stop yeah i highly recommend if you haven't been on the vitamin sun d is underrated big time big time underrated people you get sick you know i, I remember when i was uh, younger i'd ask people like how come you don't really see like pets getting sick as often as people do yeah and maybe it's not true for some people maybe you get a dog who's sick all the time but i remember growing up our dog was almost never sick with anything yeah. and it's like well maybe because the dog doesn't interact with other dogs and humans interact with other humans that's a good well and dogs for it. do weird stuff too like sometimes you'll find them like nibbling on a rock or something like that it's <laughs> it's because they actually can kind of search out what they need and they'll get the minerals somehow they're going to try to find it and their body just knows you yeah. know and I think that's why you see that. You know, they're 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 funny little furry creatures. They're smart. They can smell yeah. cancer. They can smell strokes. Think about how incredible that is. Dogs can smell, sniff out cancer. That's crazy. Like, that's wow, incredible. Yeah. Oh wow. I wonder what that. Or is. smelling the stroke before it happens. Yeah. Or incredible. a seizure. A seizure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. These videos were like. Someone's about to seize their epileptic. And, and the they dog, catch them. Yeah, the dog will jump on them and then lay down, and then they'll be like, uh-oh, and then they'll start. Yeah. Unless it's the dog causing the seizure. Oh. <laughs> well, that's that's a new conspiracy. It, it, I haven't heard that one. It's the word <laughs> God spelled backwards. You think that's on purpose? He's got, well, they're God's gift to us, you know, so maybe, maybe that's his way of letting us know this is my gift to you because there's nothing better than dogs. We've got Great Danes and they're the best animals. Anybody who's ever like been confused about what type of dog to get, get a Great Dane. They're the best, even in an apartment. They don't love exercise as much as people would think. They're couch potatoes, but they will give you so much love. I have kind of a, I don't have a hate relationship, not a love hate. That's a little extreme. I got bit by a dog when I was a bait, like six. I went, it was playing with, it was eating and I got close, too close to it and yeah. it jumped up and bit my face and ripped off. I had to get stitches and like, it was real traumatic. So I've kind of had like a distrust of dogs in general. Like I don't, I think they're psychopaths. That like, was in fact actually a Democrat in a dog suit. Turned out they were just dogs. Yeah. No, it was a Democrat in a dog suit. So you're distrusting the wrong person. And, and it was and a no longer Adam a Democrat. Schiff. Yeah. Um, it was a young Adam Schiff. I think <laughs> a joke, by the way, for all his what, lawyers. Once you learn how, how to, like, the dog's language and you know don't get your face next to it while it's eating, if you know some basic yeah. dog things, I think they're phenomenal. Oh, they're fantastic. Like, yeah, our, dogs our dogs, I... I was telling Lydia earlier, actually, like, I trust my dogs more than humans. You know, with my kids, there's certain people where I was like, if you had to leave them with the Great Dane or that person, who would you leave them with? And I'm like, probably the Great Dane most of the time. <laughs> you know, they yeah. do they do the job a little bit better. <laughs> Kind of crazy how we went from two Russian fighter jets with nukes <laughs> to, the, to uh, dogs. The importance great, of dogs and family. <laughs> well, yeah. somehow we went to vitamin D and then dogs and right. then dogs living underground nuclear yeah. war. Is that what this? Oh, because you're going to need a dog babysitter in yeah. nuclear war if you're in a bunker, just so yeah. you can get five minutes. Also, alone, vitamin you know? D supplements. Probably, yes, yeah. yes, you're definitely going to need those. Yes. We really wrapped that up. I think this is all. Uh, no, okay. 
Five fear propaganda, all the all the war junk. I've heard that is is Ukraine actually going to secede Donbass in the eastern region? That's what they're saying. So, I think they ha- have to for this to end. You know, I think that's where it's or, headed. Wait, was it that Russia ceding those back to Ukraine? No, no, okay, no, no definitely Ukraine's not. No, they, they they they're not going to see anything. The media keeps reporting how Russia's losing, but then how Zelensky saying, "Okay, we're going right, to make concessions and give you what you want." I do think that's where we're headed. I think probably two, three weeks they'll have a final deal. That's just my, you know, not based on any intelligence or anything else, just my my gut feeling on this in that situation there. I think they're going to have to give that area up because in reality, well, Russia wants a buffer and, you know, they're not going to stop making everybody's lives hell until they get that buffer. And I think that with the administration we have, they know we're toothless. We're not going to do anything. You know, they're just going to go and take what they want. Let's get into uh, some more hard politics, though. So you're running for office, Robbie. Where are you running for office and for what office are you running? Tennessee in the 5th Congressional District. This almost looks like a story that might be in my race. <laughs> so uh, you, the big story around you is that uh, you were endorsed by Trump, right? Or no, 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 no. He endorsed the other one. He endorsed the other one, yeah, and people got very angry about Wrong. it. Yeah, wrong, wrong, very wrong. Yeah, you know, love the guy, but um, I think he actually did not realize that this was the race I was in when he made an endorsement. The big story was that it appears the it's it's the Republicans, right? They're trying to stop you from being able to run for office. So they're trying to stop Morgan, and initially were trying to stop me too, but um, they didn't realize how long I had lived in the state. So this bill that they passed actually doesn't apply to me because I've been a resident of Tennessee over three years. By the time of the election, which is what the amended law is. So, so let's break this down for us. Like, you know, you're running for office. How does it happen that they're trying to block you from being able to run for office? Well, basically, and you're, and you're like you're like a Trump supporter, like yeah, populist. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the problem, right? Is that I don't answer to them. I have no favors that I owe anybody, and that's the most dangerous thing in politics is somebody running who doesn't owe anybody favors. Um. You know, so there's a lot of sort of people who've been there for a long time in the political establishment who are very threatened by this guy showing up out of nowhere, crushing it in polls, having hundreds to thousands of people at every event. And they're just like, what the heck is going on here? We may have a problem on our hands. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's because if he's able to do that, then he could turn those people out in races that we're in, you know, and I think that's where the mental calculus goes. But then, you know, Morgan came out, too, and Trump endorsed her. And I think they kind of felt a similar way with her, but a little different. It wasn't so much the populist fear, but more so the fear of like, hey, you're not from here. You know, this this should be from for somebody from here, you know. 
And I think it's a little wrongheaded. You know, I understand the instincts some of them have because you want somebody to represent the district who actually has the state's interests in mind and who understands the people. And I agree with that. But when you look at what they did here, it's just the same sort of disgusting, you know, sneaky politics that people hate where, you know, you play by the rules. And if you're winning, then we change the rules. It's like Wall Street bets, you know, <laughs> like if you're winning, suddenly it's like, no, 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 the rules need to change. And now you need to win by these rules. And th- what they changed is you were saying before that they have a ru- the law that says you have to have lived in the state for three years. Three years until election day. And so for the people who don't know the difference between the races and stuff, because it is a little confusing, in like House rep races, you can have those qualifications because the state, it's a state office. The state gets to set the qualifications. For federal office, though, for U.S. Congress, which is what I'm running for, or for Senate, um, on the Senate side or House side of Congress – you cannot do that as a state, you know, at least constitutionally it's, there's a qualifications clause. It's very clear. You just have to be 25 years old. And, um, you know, there's nothing about you needing to be a resident of the state for X amount of years. You just need to be a U.S. citizen. Um, and so that's where I think they got it wrong with this. I do think it's a matter of, does somebody want to challenge it in court or not? And I don't know if they'll want to, I don't need to, cause it doesn't affect me. But, um, I think some people have a mindset where they say states should get to decide this sort of thing. And if they have that mindset, Maybe they walk away from the race, you know, and say, all right, I'll try to do something else. But, you know, if they were doing it to me and it did affect me, I would fight like hell. I, I do see the, the purpose of a bill. You don't want some random person, you know, maybe somebody who was, I don't know, a governor of uh, what, Massachusetts or something or, or some, whatever. Or like a, a spokesperson for some agency. Or, you know, or like a former like governor, like flying to another state and then running for senator or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, you don't live here. You, you don't really represent us. But I suppose the, the 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 response I typically get from people uh, typically get is people can vote for whoever they want. Exactly. Well, this is what my argument is, and it's kind of counterintuitive because you know I'm almost shooting myself in the foot. I maybe shouldn't say this, but even though it doesn't affect me, I have a principle problem with this. Like, just if I'm being consistent with my values, my morals. I think this is wrong. If we care about an election integrity, we should care about people deciding elections. I don't want to boot somebody from a race against me and beat them by proxy because they got kicked out. I want to beat them on election day with people voting for me more often than they vote for them. You know, and that's how it should be in our elections. You should be able to count on that, that you're going to be able to get the real choices. But there is so much dirty, dirty. There is. It's a dirty, dirty business. And, and that's, I talked about this with a couple members actually this week and there's no business like this where you're expected to stab your friends in the back on a constant basis. Why That's would you so know bad. why did, did 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 why would you want to be in in Congress. Well, so for me, it's one of those things where I'm looking at it from a state of not what is good for me, but a state of function of what's good for my kids. And I realize that if we continue this same pattern of having these career politicians, same lawyers from same schools, you know, same sort of sets of values, and we keep sending them there, we're living the definition of insanity. This is just the same thing over and over again. And have we not learned the lesson? So I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. We're going to go try and we're going to run a campaign that is everything that I believe in. And I'm not going to owe anybody anything. And it's sort of like, for me, I look back and I think back to when I first got super engaged in politics and it was Ron Paul. And I say, what would have happened to our country had Ron Paul become president? I'm just imagining everyone holding hands and singing under a rainbow. Everyone's pockets bursting with cash. And guns. Gold. Not, not guns cash. and gold. <laughs> guns and gold. We'd probably be a crypto economy right now. Right? <laughs> no, we'd be a gold. No we'd be wars. a gold back. 
Yep. Yeah. No, no Fed. No Fed. The Fed would have been destroyed. You know, I mean, Ron, no, but Ron, seriously, Ron, if you he'd think be about so it. wealthy and advanced, Ron Paul would be a cyborg by now. And- he would. He'd be a cyborg. He'd be, you know, he would have bought CNN and turned it into something wonderful. Mm-hmm. Be like the they would great have asked Dane him channel to or run something. a third time, but he would have refused. Have to, and sat I, down. Yeah, he would have had to have refused. Yes. I have to be honest, though. I Obviously, it wouldn't be a utopia, but I do think it would be a little bit similar to Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. Absolutely. And the media would have treated him the way they treated Trump. They would have. Yeah. Crazy old man. He's He's crazy. He's totally unhinged. You know, but the people would have loved him, you know. And what was really impressive about Ron Paul was his connection with young people and people who did not traditionally fit into the Republican mold, you know, of what the media wanted you to believe a Republican was. And I also felt like that was another important reason for me to run was I was like, you know, I'm tired of people framing us as this, you know, this tiny box and we all have to fit inside this cleanly. And if we don't, then there's, there's just something wrong with it, you know, because it's almost like if you met somebody who looked like me, you would have to expect they're definitely not a Republican. And I think that that's something that needs to change. Cause the funny part of it is, is like, I'm more conservative than your, you know, average. You could pull anybody out of the legislature and I'm more conservative than them. And they may look like they'd fit the part, but if you actually got down to policy and it was, me versus that person making decisions, you're going to be much happier with the decision I make than the one they make. You, you know, remember, you remember the Ron Paul love revolution? Yes. It yes. was revolution, but then love even, flipped around. Yeah. Love was flipped around. So it's actually the, um, I've only done political ads twice in my life. And the first one I ever did was for the Ron Paul campaign. And it included that in it. Um, Ron and Paul love revolution. yes, yes. And we need more of that energy, you know, maybe not so much the love at this point, but that'll come later, you know, yeah. but we need the people to, make some decisions here about what they want. In what, I've, what I've always liked about Ron Paul is that, uh, you know, back then, like 2008 and 2009 or whatever, I was, more, you know, more lefty. But I was like, I like this guy because he comes out and he says a bunch of things I don't agree with. And then he just says, you know, but the, but I'm not going to ever have the government come and tell you what to do. And I'm like, then we're good. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care what you believe. Like, you believe a bunch of things. I don't agree with you on those policies. But then your policy is to leave me alone? Yes. All right, win-win. That's the go. greatest policy you can run with as a politician is I want to leave you alone. You I, know, I, it I, really is. I want to leave you to do what you want to do. Within reason, obviously, we're not going to let you go and share, you know, like child sexual abuse material or something like that. But, you know, in general, you want to well, live your life. seems to be the Democrat motto these days. It does. So. It's that Democrats would like a world like that, you know, where they're Rumors. able to allow everything. But Crypto pedos and pedo adjacent. You know, we, we've got to get to a point where the people really are in control again. And that's not going to happen unless people like me go ahead and take the leap and say, you know what, I'll go do this. And I'm definitely not doing it for 30 years. I think honestly, those people who grow up and they're like, I want to be in Congress, they're, they have mental problems. Okay. If we're being real with each other, they have mental problems. They're sociopaths but think and about, total narcissists. Think about how many little girls today turn on the TV and they see Nancy Pelosi talking like that. <laughs> and they're like, I want to be that. Ugh. Yep. They should probably. Be locked up <laughs> if they think that when they see Nancy Pelosi. I'm joking, of course, but um, <laughs> they're going to be like, "He's a fascist. He wants to arrest kids." <laughs> they probably will. Um, but no, you know, I think that we've got to give people something to believe in again, in terms of them being able to have the power again. And if the wrong people keep getting into the positions of power in this country, we're never going to get there. And our kids are going to grow up in a country that is incredibly. Just inverse from what we want for our families. You know, I mean, like normal people want freedom. They want, they want to just be able to live a life where, you know, their, their kids get to go to a good school. They have a decent job. They get to go on a date every once in a while. They get to take a vacation with their kids once a year. Like people aren't asking for much 
and the government in turn turns around and slaps them all the time, yep. you know? And I think that we've got to understand – this is probably a good way to frame it. I was asked recently by Seb Gorka. He said, you know, you've been around all these places in your district. What is the common theme? And I could give a political answer, but there's there's no use in it. The real answer is pain. There's something about pain and grief and trauma that ignites something different in people. And the pain I'm seeing from people and their experiences, it's not just about money. It's not just about economic overturn or gas prices or any of these things. It's about a lifetime in many cases, but decades at the very least of being lied to, being slapped at every turn by your government, and essentially feeling like you run through the same cycle over and over of abuse. And they're tired. They're sick of it. Well, we got some more abuse coming your way, everybody. In today's segment about the apocalypse, MarketWatch.com says inflation has lessons for a very entitled generation, says BlackRock co-founder. That's right. One of the largest, largest wealth management firms in the world, their president, has come out and said the entitled generation should, what is it, what does he say? Put on their seatbelts to cope with scarcity inflation, saying we've never seen anything like this for the first time. This generation is going to go into a store and not be able to get what they want. And we have a very entitled generation that has never had to sacrifice. And he's not completely wrong. Just I don't think anybody wants to hear from this guy. Wrong you know, messenger. And by the way, we did not plan that transition because that was a perfect transition. <laughs> it was a little stark, but it was perfect. Oh, yeah. The abuse no, is coming. This is not the person that you want delivering this message. This guy is just absolutely, I mean, these they're, they're pillagers. They're professional pillagers. That's what they do. They're pillaging our communities and they're making life impossible for young people. You want to know why young people are turning to socialism and communism? It's because of BlackRock. BlackRock right. is what is igniting that because they can't see a future where they can own a home, where they can have kids credibly and be able to say, oh yeah, my kid's going to have a good life. They it's can't also, see it's also Rob it's Caputo. Also the Democrats. It's, the, it's also Democrats. But yes. Because the Democrats' policies on like student loans and all of that Yep. And uh, all what ends up happening is, you know, we want student loan forgiveness. Well, and inflation hits and everyone's like, no, I can't afford to buy a house. And it's, so it's a combination of this. It's it's corporatocracy and corporate, you know, corporate. Uh, you know, some people said corporate communism, which doesn't really make there needs to be a new word technocracy. for it. So you're touching on yeah. the fact that, that this is something that I've noticed a lot. It's hard for us to define what this is, you know, because it's sort it of a, a fusion word. of a lot of things. And we need a new word because it's really a technocracy fused with corporatism, fused with left-wing fascism, you know. So and weird. It, it's like it, it needs its own thing, its own chaos. lane. That, it, yeah, it's chaos, you know, essentially. But, you know, I think that. Until we stand up to these people, it's not going to end. Insaneism. Is technocracy when people are addictedly using technology that they don't know how to no, build? No. no, no. Technocracy is a rule by through technology. But or te- it, they're te- only ruling elites. because the people don't have the ability to repair their stuff, and they don't know how to build the stuff. So th- it's like this class of builders, this class of industrialists, are, are now, because they have control of the production... That's why it's a technocracy. Otherwise, it would be like a decentralized technological revolution. Well, they're almost an arm of the government, too, though, which is another concerning point. Because if you look at the big tech companies, they're taking orders from the Democratic Party. You look at every one of these tech companies. And I think, Tim, you've actually talked about this before. You may not remember it because you talk so much about stuff. But you talked about um, how many of these big tech companies have former staffers of the Democrat senators and Democrat oh, yeah. House members. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. It's Did, literally uh, every single one. Andy Stone from Facebook. Work, uh, from Facebook, from Facebook, <laughs> worked for the uh, Barbara Democratic, Boxer, right? It was a Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Yeah, I think sure. he worked for Barbara Boxer too. 
Well, yeah, there you go. And this is a guy who actively suppressed the Hunter Biden news story. Yep. Or at least announced they were. Yep. So these people are evil. Yep. And look back at the 2020 election. They actually had people uh, from California's um, government going and emailing the big tech companies, sending them tweets that they wanted taken down. Okay. That is You can't get more blatant than that. The government getting involved in deleting speech, censoring speech. Yeah, I used to, growing up, I was like, well, the Americans are the good guys. So if we have American technocrats, we'll, they'll be, they'll do the right thing. But then as I got older, I realized no power is just, they it, always it get seems corrupt. To corrupt. I think yep. power, you get insulated in your own environment. People around you start telling you you're doing good. You're doing the right thing. You don't have to see the fallout from the choices you're making because yep. you're hidden from it. You're protected. And then, uh, so, and then they make utilitarian decisions because what other choice do you have? You got to be either, you make personal decisions, utilitarian. Yep. And, and you have to. Make utilitarian, at least you think you have to make utilitarian decisions at that level and you don't see the pain. More of these people cause. in power is never the answer. I mean, look at something like student loans. When did we get an actual student loan problem? When George Bush made it impossible to declare bankruptcy on your student loans. It wasn't it? It's government getting involved, period. Government getting involved, period, is the problem. Government should have never been involved. They shouldn't be in the loan business. They don't know the loan business. They're terrible at it. You know, if you look at the actual numbers, they're terrible at it. When there was actually a privatization of this and you were able to have a bank go to Jenny and say, hey, Jenny, we just don't think it's a good move to give you $300,000 to get a gender studies degree. That was a smart, sound business decision. And it was honestly a sound decision and a great favor they were doing to Jenny who wanted to go to gender studies school for $300,000 or major in it, you know. When we got away from that and the government got involved, everything went downhill. Or I should say uphill, and we we're talking about the prices, you know. But that's what happens when government gets involved. It always goes poorly. Like, they have some value with, like, FDIC insurance and things like where the government will insure the loan to the company if the, it never gets paid back. Is that – you think that's valuable? I mean – how rare has it been that it's actually been something that's been useful to normal people? I, ju- I just think you know, people like Bill Gates, they they look around at uh, – he, he probably watches too many videos online of just dumb people or he goes to like Reddit's, idi- uh, Reddit's uh, the subreddit Idiots in Cars and he just sees all of this really awful, the worst of humanity. And so then he has this view of just like, nah, you, you know. know, he's been seeing the worst since the 80s because he would he was the technocrat that was watching everyone's Windows activity without them realizing it for you know, all through the 80s and the 90s. Was he? He's the, he created. I'm sure he was his his company. Your that's opinion. what it's built on is it extracts data. So he's been doing that since he built it. He built it in the 80s. Well, to, a, one, to a certain yeah. degree, he has information on, you know, how people use their products and services. I Human behavior he, just in general. I wonder he's got to have a lot of understanding. There's, there's Zuckerberg, a, too, is a, is a, psycholo- he was a psychologist, went to school for psychology. He's, he's a robot. He's not a psychologist. He's a robot. He studied it. Yeah. There are just so many people that are wealthy that just have disdain for the working class and regular people as stupid as 100%. uncouth. The plebeians. This is like thousands right. of year old and probably even before that, the Romans had like an entire class of pretty much everybody. I'm just imagining. The normies. The, the one, uh, we're the, living a story told many times through history. So you is, know? There, is there the, real? the Republicans in your district were uh, sitting all, all sitting in their $50,000 a year club, you know, drinking uh, tea or wine and smoking cigars. And there's just one big fat Republican. He's like, I dare say this Robbie Starbuck who is trying to run. 
we can't allow the rabble in Congress. <laughs> and then he's like, well, call up your congressman, uh, your state representative, and, and get a bill passed. And you then, forgot to mention my hair. My hair was definitely a part of that conversation. It yeah, had you just to see be. your hair. Yes. It's like, oh, it's, it's he's dead. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, oh, call them right away. So. And then you got the accents wrong, but on content, probably bad guys close. are always British <laughs> yeah. for some reason. That's, yeah, that's, I think yes, those are British accents. Ancient, ancient hatred in that. See, one. Tennessee yeah, accents right. just sound too nice. <laughs> if you did that same thing in a Tennessee accent, it would sound like a really sweet thing they were doing. But um, no, um, it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, I mean that's what happens with p- power when you have you know consolidated power like that among a group of people. They get very uh, protective of each other, and they'll do everything they possibly can to stop people from but, shaking that power up. You know, look, be real, though. We can't allow the rabble to be in Congress. I know, I know. The rabble. Could you imagine? Man, Oof. I think this is like, it's almost scarily realistic, this conversation we're having, because, okay, it has happened in the past. You have the plebeians, and now you have the 99%. And then, so... It, is there, there must be a reason that it keeps appearing over and over again. Maybe it's by design. Maybe a small group of 120 IQ people decided to orchestrate society so that they could stay on top. Or maybe we just have not learned the lesson yet. You know, I, I, there's that maybe meme. What does it go like hard times create, um, strong men, strong men, strong men, strong men create hard times. Good, strong men make good times. Good, good times. times yeah. Good times men. create weak men. Weak men create yeah, hard times. And it goes on. There's a lot of truth to that. You that's know, what it is, man. And and that's what we're living through. There's been a lot of very, very weak men for a long time who have gotten very comfortable sitting around with their cigars, drinking whatever they drink. They have no clue what the heck their kids are doing. Their kids turn into far left crazy people and they're totally disconnected from reality for normal people. And then you build a society where times get really hard, which I would actually argue we're entering into right now. I think people are going to really start to feel the effects of what these people have done to our world over the past couple of decades and 2026 we're going to have some very strong men rise out of it that are going to have to bring us out and are going to have to do hard things 2026 so many people have told me that's that's the year and i'm like what does that mean that surprise me well it's uh there's a couple different you know analyses there's mit's data on you know they calculated 40 years ago when it was all gonna hit the fan there's some other guy who gave an interview to Vice like 10 years ago as an expert on the stuff, said it's all going to hit the fan in the early 2020s. And then you have Strauss out generational theory, which predicts we're entering the final season of tumult. And- but however, did they include Joe Biden in their calculations? Because uh, well, it may be coming sooner. Pre-Civil War Buchanan. Yeah. We, we had a feckless, pathetic president then. Yeah. And many people have said, Joe Biden seems to be our Buchanan, which is going to lead us into this, this, this tumultuous period. Look, if Donald Trump wins in 2024, do you think the left is going to be like, well, you know, Donald Trump won fair and square, so let's uh, you know. <laughs> nope. Definitely. Nope. Oh, my gosh. That'd be yeah, great. Absolutely no. not. Yeah, and the civil war that we're headed towards now is going to be like the metaverse versus base reality and like yeah. well, that's not for subhumans. Yeah, uh, we've, got a little, we've got a little time before we get there. I think we're going to have an actual physical experience that people are going to live through something that – they're going to say this used to be things we only read about, and this is reality now. And I, I'd say this has been a long-term problem for our country, that our young people have been largely disconnected from the experiences of the world. And it's a picture on a screen, not a reality, not a physical thing that you can understand. And so if they see the experiences of somebody in, let's say, Africa, it's just a photo. It's just an image. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. You don't know what that world is actually like. And I think when they go through the hard times that we may be facing, unless some really drastic things happen, 
it's gonna it's gonna change things. It's gonna change everything, and even down to relationship levels of what people want out of their partners and what people want out of their life in general. And you're gonna see so much change. It's gonna make this great migration look like nothing. This thing that's happened where everybody's moved all over the country. It's gonna make that look like nothing because you're gonna see changes that are just flipped on their head in every segment of society. I think our audience deserves some good news. And so I will be fair, and we're going to do a feel-good story. And this story is Federal Election Commission Finds DNC and Clinton Over Russiagate Hoax. Nice. Uh, That's yes, refreshing. Your, your feel-good story of the evening. Uh, Hillary Clinton only got fined, I think, a, a, a small amount of money. But uh, let's read. According to a scoop from Paul Bedard of the Washington Examiner, the election agency said that Clinton and the DNC violated strict rules on describing expenditures of payments funneled to the opposition research firm Fusion GPS through their law firm. A combined $1,024,407.97 was paid by the treasurers of the DNC and the Clinton campaign to to law firm Perkins Coey for Fusion GPS's information. And the party and campaign hid the reason, claiming it was for legal services, not opposition research. Instead, the DNC's $849,407.97 and the Clinton campaign's $175,000 covered Fusion GPS's opposition research on the dossier, a basis for the so-called Russia hoax that dogged Trump's first term. So I believe we have the numbers here. The report says the agency fined Clinton's treasurer $8,000 and the DNC $105,000. So um, it could be good news, but I, could, I do kind of feel like a lot of people are going to see that and say it's it's sweeping it under the rug. Well, Give there's more fine. news too. The Federal Election Commission was just found dead. Ah, uh, so, yes. I'm just kidding. Just the entirety of the organization just gone overnight. <laughs> the organization died. We have uh, mysteriously evidence. in its sleep. No. I, you know what I love about the Hillary Clinton meme is that it like regular people used it. Yeah. Like Normie's 100%. talking about video games. 100%. Like a video game company goes out of business and then the, the fake tweet appears. Like, yes. Because like, it's just funny. It's fun. No, but I think, I mean, this is it. I have trouble getting excited about things like this, to be perfectly honest with you, because it feels like the carrot they dangle in front of you, you know, and I'm tired of having carrots dangled in front of people. And I think people are tired of it. They just want the damn carrot. They don't want to nibble of it. They don't want to keep seeing it waved in front of them. Right. They want the whole carrot. They know what's going on. And that's the thing is and for grand. so long, we've had it just, yeah. And eight, it's almost insulting, honestly, eight grand, like, come on, Hillary Clinton doesn't care about eight grand. That's, yep. that's the other insulting part of it. So I just, I kind of find it insulting more so than good news. I mean, it, it could be the precursor to something. I mean, uh, Donald Trump is suing the DNC, suing Clinton or the DC. He's suing a whole bunch of Democrats over the Russiagate hoaxes. This obviously will play very well into his lawsuit. Yeah. No, this will help him for sure. But where do we, where, where, where do we go from here if there is no accountability for people like this who are still running? And, uh, as we talked about in the previous segment, that trying to stop you from being able to go into Congress. I mean, I think we're going to see that decline only speed up if if there continues to be no consequences and they continue to be able to sort of build this machine that keeps out outsiders, then it's just going to get worse faster, you know, whereas I feel like if we get this right in 2022, and this is probably the best chance we've got because people are so angry right now. Um, at least in this time period. I mean, you can argue a lot of things maybe in 2026, 2030 may happen that may make people take a different route. But in, in this election, I feel like we do have a great opportunity. There are strong people and not just in Congress. I'm talking locally. I mean, what did we learn from COVID? Who you elect locally matters more than who you elect for president in so many cases. 
Yep. You know, that's yeah. that's what changed your life during COVID was who your mayor was, who your, you know, local sheriff was and all that. So people need to show up. And the other lesson for all of this, though, is show up to primaries and local elections. They're more important than the general even. I, I would argue that because we need to pick the very best people. For all of these positions, what, what, what's your uh, your district is uh, is Republican? District five, yeah, it's a Republican district. You so, know, what, you know what the the Cook PVI is. I think it's plus twelve now Republican? in the new district. Yeah, wow. So it was actually plus seventeen at one point, Democrat, um, and it had been a Democrat seat for over a hundred years, but it was redistricted this year because the population growth in Middle Tennessee over the past decade has been massive, just exploded, and it's largely the exodus of conservatives out of California, New York, and Illinois. Oh, coming um, in. Coming in. Well, Daily yep. Wire. Yep. They Daily brought all Wire. Their employees, There's a bunch of companies coming in, you know, I mean, just left and right companies because we're a very business-friendly state. You know, we're one of those states with a 0% state tax, too, when you come here. So it's, this, it's this, very friendly and enticing. This means that the primary is the actual election. Yes. Because yeah, whoever wins the primary the is going to win basically yes. no matter what. Yep. So you need to make sure, all of you listening, that you go out and vote in your primaries and your local elections. Enough states uh, were really close to a constitutional convention. Very close. Very close. That means if people all go out, if every single person who listened to this show went and told all of their immediate friends, hey, we're going to go vote in the the local elections. Yes. I'm pretty sure Republicans would win these states. Well, and consider this too, okay? So this is the other thing. We have to think tactically. So if you're looking at elections right now and you say, you know what, in my district, it doesn't really matter. We're very safe. We've got a good person or there's no way you're getting this person, whatever it is, okay? You can make a difference in other parts of the country. You can phone bank for other parts of the country. Find races that matter where it does matter. Like you say, I have to get that person in. You know, there may be some guy on like a podcast you really like, you know, like with a cool name like Robbie. And you're like, hey, I want to make sure that guy gets elected. Go and actually do something to that effect. You know, you don't even have to live there. You can do it. at These are federal races. But then in the local side of things, make sure you're involved. Make sure you know who your mayor is. You know where they stand on things. Yeah. Because that's been the shock for a lot of people. They've found their mayors are little tyrants who want to control their lives. Let's make sure we don't do that anymore. Let's elect people who actually want the people to be free. What's you, the best you, way? You're going to be hanging out with uh, – so when you get elected, you're going to be hanging yeah. out with like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Thomas Massey and the Freedom Caucus people? Absolutely. Because that's yes. what we need more of. Yes. I hear, the, I hear more and more stories from them. The, the thing about Marjorie was that uh, she came on the show. She's been on the show I think twice now. And um, a lot of people messaged me saying – we only heard crazy things about her. We never really looked, really looked into it. But then when she told the story about how she forced members of Congress to do an actual vote on bills. Yeah. I'm getting all these messages from people cheering, being like, wow. She had the backbone to risk a lot of things I can't like fully go into, but she risked a lot of things to support me. And I will always, always appreciate that. And like I said, politics is a business where they want you to stab your friends in the back and I refuse to do it. I will never, ever, ever do that or, you know, talk down about somebody who's been an incredible friend or supporter. And she's, she cares. She cares about this country. She cares about freedom. She cares about people. Like, and I think that's one of the things that people would be surprised by is even if you disagreed with her, if you just sat down and talked with her, she cares about our country. She cares about people and she doesn't want anybody hurting, you know, but this was, this was an amazing thing for us to learn. Uh, thanks to the Freedom Caucus uh, and many of these other people is that members of Congress don't actually vote on these bills. Yeah. They just have proxies and like there's banging yep. a gavel and just shuffling it through like, yep. yes, you know, whatever, who cares? It's almost like there's no Congress at this point. I mean, look, Nancy Pelosi pushes through her, her spending bill. Nobody has a chance to read it. 
whoever is Speaker of the House just Ridiculous. makes it happen. It was supposed to be, at least according to Ben Franklin, the way he was envisioning it was that it would be like a, a jury duty summons. You'd get a summons to go serve on Congress for a while, and then when you're done, you go home. But people couldn't afford it. Well, you know part of why Congress is so broken is it's the fundraising side of things. We have a bunch of people who are good fundraisers. And they're terrible representatives, a yeah. bunch of people to that effect. And that's the reality of it. You know, if you don't, if you're not either independently wealthy or you can't fundraise like crazy and you're just a really good person with great ideas that can get things done, like you're not, you're not winning your race. You have got to be able to spend money in these races. And that's what's terrible is that it's created this sort of system where you have a bunch of people who, <sighs> if corporations will come to you and say like Amazon or Big Pharma or whoever it is and they say, Hey, We'll give you X amount and we'll throw all this money into PACs that are going to support you. These people take the money. Yeah. And then it is a quid pro quo and nobody will admit it, but I'm, I'm admitting it. You know, it is, that's a hundred percent what these people are doing. And it's why I refuse to take their money because we need to be able to stand, put a line in the sand and say, this whole thing that's been going on, this is what is ruining our country. Nobody's going in there to votes or to reading or to writing or legislating in any part, any segment of it and saying, Hey, how is this going to affect like your average family in the middle of the country? What I don't get is how – why does it cost money? Because I started – I made a YouTube channel in 2006. I was yeah. like, wow, I've got 10,000 subscribers pretty quick. I don't need money to run for office now. I have what money buys, which is the platform to speak. So yeah. what do you need money for exactly? So I have a large platform, and that's what a lot of people ask me is they're like, well, why would I need to donate to you? You have like almost a million followers via all your social media. Like why would you need me? Millions of people watch you, blah, blah, blah. They don't live in my district. You know, maybe yeah. 24% of my district consumes their content online. The rest of them either it's like still newspapers, they listen to radio or their TV, or they just – they don't do any of that, and they're people who work. They work for a living. They go home. They spend time with their family. That's it. They're pretty disconnected from what's going on in the news. You have to be able to send out mailers. You have to be able to make sure your name's out there, and especially in primaries. The number one predictor of primary who's going to win is name ID. So if you actually do a poll on just name ID, do you, have you heard this name before? That person's much more likely to win if they're higher in name ID, whether so, it's good, bad, indifferent. doesn't matter. So they just people, know the name. People are going to be like, Starbucks, that sounds familiar. You get my vote. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's part of the hope. But no, you've got to be able to get this stuff out there and actually make people feel something about you, you know, and that's that's a good thing, whether it's good or bad, because you've got to stand in what you actually are going to do, you know, and in my case, it's a good thing because I'm in a conservative district, but you've got to pay for the ads. That's the other thing is that ads are one of the critical ways, you know, if there's another, let's say, 28% of people who watch everything that they get about politics on TV. If you're not present in those ads, you're not there in their ad space and that time they're spending watching TV, but your opponent is, you're in trouble. You know, and I've seen that in a lot of races where there's an incredible person, but they raised just not enough money to be able to do ads outside of maybe one or two places. And their opponent has money from, you know, all these corporate super PACs and they can just flood the zone flooding the zone is the name of the game they know how to flood the zone in these places where people consume this content the person becomes more familiar with the name and maybe their only familiarity with your name now is that corporate pack who ran negative ads against you saying this person you know um they they hate trump watch this video where they hated trump and it'll be like a video of this person doing that but in reality the truth of it is it was a video of that person playing a part during a party game where they're explaining what you do during voting, you know, and they just took it entirely out of context, but the people watching it will never know that, you know? 
that's something you've got to sort of be able to to battle you know and if you don't have the money to do it then people are going to have the wrong impression about you. So like in my case, the thing they're going to go after is say, he's too Hollywood. He's directed, you know, all these people who are Hollywood values and blah, blah, blah. You know, how do you know he's really going to fight for you? And it's like, what have you done? <laughs> what I have love- you done? And if you can't fight back or credibly, like give people an argument for why they should vote for you, then they're just going to move on, you know, and do what feels comfortable. I love getting these text messages. I just pulled one up from this uh, this past week. Uh, uh, this is somebody running against Lauren Boebert. And that's basically their pitch. That that's 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 it. Yeah, I don't like. Under, we don't like her, and uh, give us money. I, yep. Maybe not that it's maybe not illegal the right way, but running smear ads. What? How? How can you justify taking political money and then running an ad to to make someone else look bad? It's what does that have to do with your political? Campaign? That is all they're going to do in my race against me because I have higher name ID than basically everybody in the field. And so the problem with that for them is they want to make sure that's attached to something negative. So for them, that's Hollywood. They feel like the Hollywood thing's going to really hurt. See. My whole thought on that is actually pretty far out from where they're at, I think, because I'm like, this is what they try to do to Trump. People don't believe this crap anymore. Yeah. You know, like I directed something that had a violence in it or something like that. It's like, yeah, that was my job. This is not reality. It was not reality. It was part of my job. It's, it's People actually, care about where you're at on policy, you know? Yeah, they'll they'll see that commercial where it's like, and Robbie Starbucks, something, something, something. Yeah. It's yes. all black and white. And then it yes. shows the other guy with like It'll the sunshine. Is like, and, and this guy does the thing. Well, they'll probably... Then, <laughs> they'll search your name and they'll see you talking on this show and something. They'll be like, oh, yes. this is the guy. Yes, that's it's the real good. person. It's good marketing. You know, so, and it depends. Do they care enough to do that? You know, that's the real question. Do enough people care enough to do that, to make that search, to take that leap and say, am I being lied to? I think people are becoming more awake to that and the necessity of doing things like that. But, you know, the reality is, is that you've got to meet people where they are. And that's the big part of fundraising is that. And so, you know, you're at a handicap if you say, I'm just going to refuse all the corporate money. But I think it's critical to the direction we're going as a country. You've got to take that stand. And a bunch of members criticized me early on. They were like, dude, I get it. I want to do the same thing, but you've got to just do this so you win. And I'm like, I would rather sell my house. Dead serious. For my kids, I would rather sell my house than take money from Amazon. Because that is just the beginning of you compromising values. We'll we'll clarify too. I mean, when you say take money, typically it's like they they dump it into a super PAC and then run ads on your behalf. Yeah, yeah. Tip, you know, usually they're like the you know the super PAC and the candidate don't coordinate, but they do. It's BS. And then yeah. so if like Amazon put however much, what would be their maximum amount that Amazon could put into a campaign for someone? Could yeah, unlimited. In a pack, unlimited it's unlimited. Okay, unlimited. so in a pack, it's unlimited. And then what if you're just like, thanks, you run the campaign, you win, and then you're like, eh, bye, Amazon, I'm not involved anymore. Thanks for helping me. Like now I'm going to do what I what I want I to know. do. I've, ne- I've, I- I've never seen anybody do it. What what, what typically happens when? You're uh, running an illegal uh, bribery scheme, and then you uh, uh, don't give the guys who bribed you what they've asked for. They come crooking well, the that, knuckles, well, son. That, well, no, that's exactly it. It's like, okay, go off the premise of how this all works. If you really made a backroom deal with some company that you're going to do their bidding and do what they want, and they dump in millions into your pack to make sure you can go do that, do you really think that they won't go out and expose you in some way? Because the company is going to get a slap on the wrist, but you... You'll get in real trouble. But You're an individual. Your it's supposed to be a, it's a donation. Those are donations, right? They're making donations, which have no quid pro quo attached to them. Well, and there's a lot of rules with the PACs. So like, you know, you're not supposed to communicate or anything like that with them. You know, as a candidate, I can't talk to a PAC. I don't even have a PAC, but if I did have a PAC, 
you know, let's say further closer to the election. I can't communicate in any way with them. There's ways you're allowed to go speak at events and things like that, but it's a very serious rule. You can't, you know, you're not supposed to at least. But the good people follow the rules and the vast majority don't follow those rules. I don't think there, I think there's like three or maybe like five good people. Yeah. Most people may be well-intentioned when they get in, but then like you said, they're like, look, look, it's corrupted. one one thing you got to do, you just got to do it. Yep, that's the first compromise is the last compromise because the minute you start doing it, it will never stop. And Donald It'll Trump, just keep going. You just know that when he got in office, they sat him down, the intelligence agencies, and they were like, this is the plan and the mission. This is what we're doing. And he went, no, excuse me. We're, we're getting our <laughs> troops out. It's not happening. And, and they got pissed That's off why I it. love the guy. That's why yeah. I love the guy. You know, people, this is what's funny is after he endorsed, um, the other candidate in this race and everybody was like, you gotta be so mad. All these, these news outlets come, NBC, CNN, all these places are like, do you want to come? Like, obviously they want me to go in and bash him. You know, they're like, we've got division in the MAGA movement. Candace Owens went against what Trump said. Marjorie Taylor Greene went against what he said. His own lawyers went against it and goes really? on and on and on. And, you know, I was like, this is everything you guys want now. I'm not going to do it. I love the guy. Like, he's hilarious. This is the energy. We need people who are outsiders who are going to fight this insane system. They're going to make mistakes along the way. They're not always going to be perfect, but they're going to do their damn best to do what people need. It feels like a plane that's going down, and we need a pilot to help us crash land because the Federal Reserve had this. It's been going on for 100 years. They've been printing and printing and printing to a point where we can't. We owe more interest than we can pay back now, and they're using this global catastrophe as like the the COVID shutdown as an excuse. To, To reset it? To, yeah, to as an excuse, reset. but like it was gr- headed like a, a re- great reset, a big, really a, a big, big, a really gigantic. big one. You'd call it almost It'd be great. More like a gargantuan reset. A gargantuan, yeah, yes. the gargantuan reset. <laughs> or something. It sounds accurate. So, um, I, I just don't know how to. I, I hope someone can crash land it properly. It, it, we yeah. do need people with high energy. That at least what we need is like a a, a, a shared vision of reality. Yes, yes. This is something that is critical. Okay critical to the future of our country. We have so many mixed realities right now. And one of the most unifying things for a society is your fundamental ability to agree on what reality is. Even language. Like, look at language in our country. We can't even agree on words right now. Well, you know? we, we can, but there are people who are lying. Yeah, but they, exactly. But then they're confusing people who are growing up yep. in this environment. And those people who are growing up confused, you know, I don't blame them. I blame the evil people who are doing this. But what they're producing... And what they're trying to do is create the elements necessary to bring full bore communism. That's, that's my deepest belief. You know, my family already fled communism once. Everything they're doing now is not new. This is something that's been done many times before. And it was done in Cuba where my family had to flee. You know, this is not a new thing. We just need to wake up and stop it before it comes to reality and destroys the future of our country. You know, this is decision time. And we have a lot of people who have decision fatigue in our country where they're just they're tired. They're tired of making decisions. But this is the time where people need to be strong and say, you know what, we've got to make those right decisions. We've got to we've got to do things and make sacrifices now, because if we don't, we're going to end up in a situation where we're going to have to make some really, really serious sacrifices. And that's the truth of it. So if people wake up enough and they say, I can make this small sacrifice now, great. If they don't, though, I think we're going to end up in a situation where they're going to be forced into serious sacrifice. So you want people to just put forth that extra burst of energy, like when you're near the end of a race when, and you just yes. can't run anymore? Yeah. And you in everything. Not, not, just in, not just with me. You know, Not just like, oh, go donate to my campaign at Starbuck2022.com. Not just that, okay? But like actual energy in everyday life about living your values. You know, like this Disney thing I think we're probably going to talk about, right? The Disney thing. Don't go take your kid to Disneyland. It's not going to ruin their life. Don't give Disney more money. Don't give money to people who hate you. Well, there are a lot of traffickers that are getting arrested at Disney. 
Over oh. the past several years, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't want to go there anyway. Yeah. Don't been. go there. Don't give them your money. Show some strength. Have a spine. Cancel your Netflix account. All these companies who hate you, yeah. stop giving them your money. See, I, I have no Netflix, um, but people here do have Netflix. Yeah. So it's like it's on anyway. Uh, I, I, when Disney Plus came out, I bought a year because I just, it's always cheaper just to buy the year forward. And then what happened was, was the, the Uyghur Muslim thing. And I was like, so I'm not going to be renewing it. That's for sure. Yeah. And I just, I just it's all, all around not that good. In my when opinion. we start demanding that our values are actually able to be lived out in everything but we look, do, things will change. But my, my point that I'm trying to get to is the answer isn't, in my opinion, to tell everybody to cancel their Netflix. I see some people are mentioning they did. Obviously, you want to cancel your Netflix, but the real answer is Daily Wire needs to ramp up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we need to start producing more cultural yes. content. Uh, people who are anti-establishment, it's not just about conservative. It's about your, your anti-establishment, your populist, your libertarian. These are the values that most of us share. I tried uh, – I wanted to watch Hyperions. I wanted to watch the new uh, Daily Wire movie, but I can't watch it on my TV because yeah. you've got Daily Wire on like Roku or whatever, but I have a smart TV. Yeah, that means Daily Wire needs to make an LG app, guys. What are you doing? And, and I, I, I think I don't know if they have the Sony app, but our Sony TV is Android based, so I think we can download, download, download the Android. That's a good word, app. download, dude. Download. I'm gonna have to check because I checked about three or four months ago and I couldn't do it on a Sony TV. But yeah. um, you know, hopefully they have because I think that you are absolutely right. If it's this an is, Android, this TV, is a critical, critical next step. We've got to, you know, fill these holes in culture in every way. You know, school choice is another example of this. You know, I know it's a far leap for a lot of people from talking about entertainment, but these are cultural pillars. And think about how different our country is going to look if you told parents, you know, like, let's take a place like Baltimore, okay? They take uh, about $17,500 per child they earmark for them to go to public school. Meanwhile, they're producing... Kids, one out of 10, graduate high school in Baltimore proficient in math and reading, okay? That's not something that should ever happen in America. Now, imagine you take that $17,500, you hand it to parents, and you say, do what you want to educate your child. It is up to you, your job, you handle it. No strings attached from government. Government is not going to get in the way of this. Do what you want. Imagine 20% of them decide to homeschool, and now you have 20% more kids in our country staying at home with a parent for those formative years. What kind of cultural effects are there going to be long-term? It's going to be massive. Everything you can think of from incarceration rates to, you know, um, the jobs that people choose, you know, uh, family, how long people stay together, everything will change. Everything will change in society based off just these small things that will change from school choice. And if you fill those gaps, give people choice, and this is another one, you know, with Daily Wire, it's truly about not just getting conservative content out there. It's about giving people a real choice. Right now, we live in a system in the entertainment industry and everywhere else where we don't really have real choices. It's basically you have 10 options of the same left-wing garbage, and that's it. You know, I that's wanna, not a choice. That's why I started making my own. I same with music, too. I want to shout out this meme I posted on Twitter. So somebody somebody posted uh, – well, so let's start with James Lindsay. He said, this is art, slippery slope fallacy. You're overreacting, you're overreacting. And then it's like, you know, Disney employees. And then uh, I responded, quote, so what if government employees want to have sexual conversations with, uh, with your four-year-old uh, in secret? And then someone posted this meme. When you tell a Democrat they can't teach sex to kindergartners and it's the Arthur making a fist. Where they're getting mad. Well, I fixed it. <laughs> I put, when you tell a Democrat they can't have sexual conversations with four-year-olds in secret. Because that's what's going on in Florida, which has resulted in all of this. That's outrage. what Democrats want. It's and and I'm 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 not going to mince words because I'm just anybody who who knowingly opposes the parental rights and education bill is saying why can't we have secret conversations with four to nine year olds about sexual topics? Yeah. 
It's a pedophile agenda. It's 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 complete groomer. It's pedophile adjacent at the very least. But yeah. there's a lot of crypto pedos. You know what does that mean? No, it's a pedophile like, agenda. Like cryptically. Yeah. So so uh, crypto pedo means there are people who are claiming that we're just trying to teach children. Why are you stopping us? And then they behind the scenes they're like, yeah, about about sexual conversations in private with adults. Yeah, there's that love movement, child love. But the thing is, there's so many love as seven def- definitions no, at the is, very least. Eros is, is one of them. And you do you don't do that with kids. Yeah, this is this is one of those stages of going into communism because first of all, it fits a couple different categories: separating children from their parents. Okay. Communists love to do that. They like to separate kids from their parents because fundamentally they need to take over a parental role. They need that child to see them as a parent. And that's what bills like this do is push us closer or not the bill, but the action that they want and why they're so mad about the bill is they want to be able to push those kids closer to the state being mommy or daddy. Okay. And if they can't talk to them about these critical issues that are supposed to be things that parents talk to their kids about and teach their kids about, you know, that's a problem for them because that's that's getting in the way of their agenda. Now, beyond just that, this is just step one. The next step in this is if they feel like they can move the Overton window far enough over where suddenly you get 50% of Democrats or 60 or 70 or 80 okay with this idea that, yes, in fact, the state does have a right to have a sexual conversation with a four-year-old and share their own sexuality and sex life with their four-year-old. If that becomes normalized, what's next? It's going to be a child sexual rights agenda. And that's what people need to be woke to, is that's what's coming down the line next. And if you're not aware of it now and you don't fight this and you don't do what you can to stop this now, then you're just yeah, okay with that honest. next step. You know, I got to be honest. Uh, uh, if you go back in time, there was talk about the slippery slope and it all happened. And now here we are 10 years later. And yep. once again, we're having the same conversations. It's going to get bad. And, well, and I hope I, I hope that at least – the reality of knowing that there's been some things that were correct about that is going to wake people up enough to say, ooh, maybe there's something we need to do differently here. Yeah, big time. You know? Knowing what the system is doing yeah. drastically changes the system itself. Yeah, the calculus has changed, you know? And I think that's something that we all need to take really seriously. I mean, that's what my wife does is, you know, she works in this area. She's actually launching a nonprofit to do exactly this, stop child exploitation, because we've essentially created a pipeline for kids from birth to exploit them. You know, look at social media, how early kids are on TikTok or how early they're on Instagram pages with absolutely no oversight. And we teach girls specifically that like commodifying yourself, making yourself into a commodity and it's your body essentially is a good thing. That's the stuff broken societies do. Dude, I was just thinking about little kids seeing pornography on the internet like when they're two, three, and four years old. You know old. what the How average horrible. age is? My guess is four. What is it? The average age in America right now where somebody's exposed to hardcore porn, so like a video, is 11. That's 11 what we years know old. of. That's Jeez. documented. In yeah, really, that's Because kids might see it and not even know they're seeing it when they're three or that's, four. That's the average. Yeah, they wouldn't be so, able to answer the question when they do those things where they try to figure this out. They wouldn't even be able to answer it three or four. So if you just said, you know... That probably likely happens to a certain extent. You would probably say that number in reality is a little bit lower, but that's the one that's documented is that it's at least 11. It shouldn't be that way, you know, and this is not we're not talking about like them sneaking under their grandpa's, you know, mattress and getting a playbook. This is really graphic stuff. Yeah, this is this is horrific stuff that they're seeing. It's the first time in human history that I know of that humans have been exposed to this kind of content at that age. And I'm wondering if the people that are in their 20s now are the people that saw that stuff when they were four. Yeah. In 2003, when internet video appeared. Yeah. And that's and now they're teaching. Now they're teachers. Well, I have I have somewhat of a controversial take, too, when it comes to porn. And it's that, you know, I feel like we as men have a responsibility to normalize 
the fact that you should feel emasculated if you have to watch porn. I feel like we should try to normalize normal sexual healthy relationships with your spouse and that, you know, porn in itself is not doing anything positive for you. Like if you look at things from a net positive or net life drain basis, it's draining things from your life and nothing it's producing is really good for you. You know, just like we were saying profane things aren't necessarily the F word. You yeah. can be profane. I think you can be pornographic without sex. And not all sex is pornographic. There's way it's just you know it's the way that it's portrayed. I'm not sure I fully understand. Yeah, that. I it's a know. long time. <laughs> I, think, I think I think you were wrong about that. I one. watch a lot of that was porn. You could say I, there's some that's like healthy sex, people enjoying themselves, and there's somewhere. I suppose if you're watching bad, like uh, an educational science you know thing that's like very dry and and you know just like a, an old man is going. As the man becomes a rock. But who who needs that though? Like honestly, you know, if you're like in med school. You know, or you're a biologist. Or I'm something. sorry, if you're That's a biologist I mean. or you're in med school and you need to see that video, you should probably pick no, a different job. No, you're completely you wrong. Know? I'm talking about an educational thing showing like organs, like you. Okay, you, that you, that that's okay. I thought you meant like a play by play on how sex works, because well, that was going to be but, like but, your, yeah, your parents should have explained. But you literally that to you. would if you're going to talk about like all the chemical functions. You could you could they could make a video showing to people having sex it wouldn't be porn. Yeah. It would be like a medical bi- bi- biological thing. But I, we got to go to super okay. chats. So, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and make sure you become a member over at timcast.com. We're going to have a members only segment coming up around 11 p.m. I just want to point out some people are saying we already got censored for talking about um Florida and those Democrats and the things that they are doing. So, uh Maybe. People are saying the feed cut out. We started talking about some spicy stuff. That's why we have TimCast.com. But let's read some of these super chats. Let's see what we got. What is this one? Mikhail Isaacson says, Swedish companies Atlas Copco, Sandvik, and SKF questioned about selling parts to Russia for building nukes, according to newspaper Expressen. As I've said many times before, Sweden is the final puppet master. Hmm, interesting. Very important super chat here from Brian Page. He says, let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Interesting. That's my favorite super chat. Interesting. Yeah. So far. so far, at least. So far. Okay. You're in first place for now. Woot do for you says, I just want to know what's happened to women. Last three I dated all were closet addicts and had some form of personality disorder. I'm a disaffected liberal. Seems like Christian women are the only option. Uh, I think in cities, there's, uh, uh, for one, women are mass medicated in this country. With uh, birth control, which is a hor- which is which is hormonal, which does cause you know psychological effects on, on any individual who takes you know hormones, and uh, as for people living in cities, you know the first thing I'll say is, bro, if everywhere you walk it smells like crap, you got to check your boot. Maybe it's you, but um, it's also possible that in cities, especially over the past two years, people become dejected, depressed, and purposeless, and so they do drugs. And they develop personality disorders from it. I, I was, well, look at the average life of a girl in our country. Like, if you just did, like, you tried to do a replay, like, a 30-second cut of life for a girl and what they're expected to do now and what matters to a woman, you know, is supposed to matter. And I think it's fundamentally changed from what it's been for a very long time in history. And I think that it's led to really unhealthy outcomes. Yeah. I saw the uh, article saying that they found microplastics in the human blood for the first time yep. and they're as they're researching it they're finding that it appears in babies way more because the blood brain barrier is much more yep. permeable wow. and i wonder if little children if somehow women are more impacted by like the chemicals well, in the supply look at diet too diet this is the first time in human history that we've really eaten processed foods all the time all the time our diets entirely changed from what it was for hundreds and hundreds of years thousands what, of years what kind you know? of so processed food also includes like 
you know pepperoni and and, and I'm talking about yeah. like like Chex mix kind of and like term. you know like like if we're going food into coloring. like super yeah I mean just think about the diets your average person has you know like if you're eating fast food on a regular basis and you're doing all this stuff and you're not getting food from the earth and you're not you know sort of having somewhat of a mindset that you care about what you put in your body. This is very different from history because in history we were fundamentally getting our food from the ground or from animals, period. You know, there wasn't really other options. We weren't creating it in a factory somewhere and then eating Cheetos. You know, that does have an effect on our health long term and our outcomes, you know, and even just, you know, if you go into brain science, it has an effect on your brain, you know. So I think that there's a lot of different factors that have changed for humanity and you touched on all of the you know, psychotropics that people are on. You know, there's tons of medicines that people are on that we've never been on before. And we guess it really what the outcomes and changes are going to be or what we pass on to our kids. You know, so I think you got to consider all that. All right. We got Jay Schartzer who says, glad to see you back, Ian. Out of all the graphene hippie Jesus lookalikes, you are number one. That's just how you roll. And Murph says, glad to see you back, Ian. Now roll the bones. All right. I'm rolling the one that has all 20s on it, though. <laughs> well, you should, why? I want to see what I get. I got a 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll roll the real one, guys. I think you got a two and a zero. <laughs> rolling the 20 was actually rolling a one. You're right. It's a, I rolled an eight. That's Ooh, the infinity the... symbol. I'm into it. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. Straight eight. All right. Uh, Omega says, Ian will have a, 20, uh, a 2020 and still manage to roll a one. <laughs> you weren't <laughs> wrong. I thought it would be, be funny, actually, if you rolled the 20 and then it landed straight up pointing on, a, on one of the tips and just doesn't, doesn't yes, give you anything. That would be great. You know, in my life, you guys, I've rolled a lot of ones, but I just keep going. And then you'll start rolling 20s again. And then you'll be like, I'm rolling 20s. That's All right, inspirational. Valorant says, with Daily Wire's announcement today, I want to shout out other creator projects like Lotus Eaters and your own Timcast, who are creating news and culture platforms to break the grip of Nance Disney. So uh, what did Daily Wire announce today? They're doing uh, children's content? Is yes. Is that the big yeah. announcement? There was a board meeting. I saw Jeremy Boring gave Fantastic. or like a, a a speech he was giving on I their mean, channel. I mean, there's there's big money in kids stuff, big money. and they're expanding the uh, Razor company. They're actually creating the Razor company because they have a the Razor product, but no company yet. So that's what they're in the process. Well, there's of there's a market for all this stuff. You know, like my family, we have three kids, thirteen, eight, and five. We're not giving any money to Disney. Period. They create a kids company, and it's content that you actually can feel comfortable letting your kids consume. They've we, got customers. The only way to really win in the in in the cultural battle is to make culture. Yep. And for the past 10 years in the culture war, the anti-establishment, anti-woke has been complaining about culture, yep. not getting jobs to these companies, not pushing back while it was being infiltrated and destroyed and rebuilt. Yep. So now, hopefully not too little too late, but still a bit late. A lot of companies are starting to say we're going to produce cultural content and, you know, good for them. All it takes is one blowing up. When one blows up, there's going to be a lot more. I think I think the Daily Wire is going to grow much faster than people realize. I think so, too. You know, they're just getting started. I think they have, what, three and four movies. Yep. And Not they're in my four. district. They're in my yeah. district, too. So I'm a big, big, extra big fan of Daily Wire because I feel like they're going to bring a lot of jobs to our area. So I'm, I'm excited for them. We Maybe. might we might be down there in a week. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to head over to Nashville. I told you, you could come over and shoot. Yeah. We'll come out. over and shoot at my farm. It'll be fun. Oh, that sounds fun. cool. Yeah. How big is the farm? 12 acres. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yep. All right. Let's see. Matthew Reckamp says, would you be willing to debate Mark Levin, him on your podcast or you on his radio show on the proposed assassination of Putin? Why he is, is he pro Putin assassination? I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, the, the one issue is, I mean, I'd love to have him on this show for sure. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. We could talk about whatever, you know? All right. Let's see. What we got here. That would be a riot. Nitro Cat says, Robbie Starbuck, I loved your work on asking Alexandria a prophecy. 
Oh, cool. That video has a ton of views on YouTube. I think it's like 150 million or something. Whoa, like that. really? Yeah. yeah. You got to help us put together some music videos. Yeah. Thank we've you. Got, we've got a bunch coming out with our Will of the People stuff. So uh, the two that we've been working on, which are all part of this universe, the, which we launched. I've retired years. from music videos, but I would come out of retirement to do yours. Dude, I would do that. I would do that. Well, yeah. you, it's, and, it's, you and Smashing Pumpkins. I told Billy a long time ago, I'll come out and I'll do a, another Pumpkins video if you, gotta uh, get, if you ask me, but that's it. Yo, can we get Billy to collab? You got his, you know. He absolutely should. He yeah. 100% should. I'll, I'll send him your song too. I figured you guys knew each other. Well, we've met. Yeah. Uh, and it was like one of the coolest moments of my life because he told me he was a fan. And I oh, was he just is, like, he is dude. rad. He's, so people always ask me, what's the, the coolest like, celebrity you've ever worked with and it is not even a question it's a thousand percent billy corgan because i was a hugest smashing pumpkin fan and i directed a a video um and in that time it was my birthday and he gave me a private concert for my birthday just him at a piano in this wrestling arena place we were at and he sat there and played all my favorite songs for me and my crew and that was it and it was the coolest thing ever such a rad moment getting to meet uh, Billy Corgan. So I was uh, such a big fan of Smashing Pumpkins for for obvious reasons. You know, yep. it's such a huge band. So that was cool. Man, it would be awesome. I mean, we got Pete Parada, formerly of The Offspring, who yeah, did yeah. drums for he us. Is yep. So good, he's awesome, and it's Dude, amazing. The, I like him. The, the drum track <laughs> he did. We got two songs. One's called Pain. One's called called Bright Eyes or Bright Eyed, S R D. But uh, when he did, he 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 did this amazing drum thing where he did like three separate drum tracks for uh the, the song pain yeah which is just cool and he's like he's banging on a tom standing up while he's playing it's legit it's cool stuff yeah all right let's uh let's grab some more super chats we got austin walter says glad tn uh tennessee five was redistricted we're now in your district Woo! joe should start a comedy and podcasting streaming service so if you're in my district, you better go to my website and um donate and then volunteer and request a sign because we need yard signs in your yard all right let's see we got Rob Matt says, hire Joe Rogan. You can pay him in DMT. But <laughs> Mr. Physics says, hey, gang, just wanted to let you know you inspired me to start a 3D printing company. And as a thank you, I'm going to make a spherical die for each of you. Makers 3D prints on Etsy. Cool, man. Really appreciate that. That's be great. epic. The fact that you started a company. Epic, dude. All right. Catherine Halliday says, so now we have Will Smith, Alec Baldwin, and Juicy. Does anyone see a trend here? As someone from Scotland, I miss Seamus, but glad Ian is back. Yep. I miss Seamus, too. Seamus, uh, uh, you know, can you believe the nerve of this guy? He just thinks that his Freedom Tunes is more important than Timcast IRL. Well, he's got, like he's got freedom in the name of his, yeah. his product or something. <laughs> how, how dare he, he not be on this show? All right, all right. What is this? Uh, Murph says, Tim, when are we going to get the Timcast.com eight-hour special debate on uh, of Ian and Seamus on religion? As soon as Ian and Seamus do it. Dude, I'm going to hit up Michael Knowles when we're down there, and maybe we can all do something with the D-dubs. That would be so cool. Because those guys, they got a lot of info and knowledge. I like uh, Jeremy's got a lot of info. I think, was he a pastor? Boring at some point? Jeremy Boring? Did someone said that? I don't know if that was a pastor. I don't think so. No? That doesn't sound right. Let me look look it up. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't sound like something that, that could be true. He just called himself a god king. So I know. Yeah, I right. I'm, I'm going to vote no on was a pastor previously. <laughs> yeah, he a Christian pastor. He was established a home church in Los Angeles. Are you serious? Yeah. He was. Yeah. That's something I did not know. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is well, new information. I apologize. I was wrong. You sly animal. Did you guys hear their so- his song, uh, uh, him and Smokey, Smokey Mike and the God King no, together again? Yeah. It's a good song. Oh, really? Oh, you know, so he's here on the show and he's like... Look, it's a joke. He's like, I play. I'm not that good. And then you play the song. It's it's a, it's a really good song. <laughs> I, I, it is funny. It's it yeah. is hilarious what they did. Smokey Mike and the God King. But Ian, you you should play. You'd love it. Oh, great. Yeah. It's There's like some other people 
on our side who have very, really, really impressive musical talent. I'm excited to get to it going, it. man. Hopefully, there well, we that's can why disperse the sides and just make the best music as a species. Yes, this, this is of course why you know so many people want to rip off my <laughs> music <laughs> talent. But uh, what can be said? Uh, uh, but we did talk about that. All right, let's see what we got here. The great anywho says, "Well, Texas just presented a bill HB four one two two, also called the Don't Say Graphene Bill. Sorry, Ian, love you, bro. Glad you're back. <gasps> what?" That's got to be a lie. Yeah, they were. They were apparently they were debating over uh, whether or not Ian says graphene too much on Timcast IRL, oh. and so they passed Let the, the debate end the right now. Yes, yes. the answer is yes. yes I too do. much. But now you All know right. what graphene is, don't you? Hey, here we go. Dave says watched Will of the People and then the knockoff version. Timcast's version is unquestionably better, and I can't wait to see the content that comes out of it. Bring on the movie. Yeah, because we were talking about uh, a movie of this of, of this universe, and it's just it's socio political themes and stuff. But we have a couple songs. Will of the People, the song, is kind of like the overarching universe of this co- country in, 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 in this tumult. And then the other songs are like singular moments within it. So one of the things we're planning on doing is that in the uh, animations, because we're going to be using the same animation, the same style, color schemes and all that stuff, in the next songs, they're going to be from key moments that will reflect back upon Will of the People's original video. So I don't want to give away too much. Oh, that's cool. But we have one that ends with like an explosion. Yeah. And then... The explosion reveals one of the scenes from the original video. Ooh, nice. So it's, cool. it's like filling in the gaps. Plus, the, I, I always want to stress, we have a full storyboard for like two different songs and uh, uh, in terms of the videos. And we have character backstories for like novelizations or video games and stuff too because it's like the most successful cultural thing Expand that we Expand the universe. Right. Yep. We've, got these, we've got these ideas for uh, you know, these characters, their backstories, what we can do in terms of video games, card games, graphic novels, film, and all that stuff. You know, and, and I, maybe, maybe it sounds grandiose to a certain extent, but just so people understand, you look at the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you look at the failure of DC, and obviously, you know, Harry Potter, universes are what you should be aiming for. You shouldn't just be trying to do like, hey, I'm going to make a song. Yeah. So, so I've said this for months, that we were working on sequels to the song. The idea was to take stories from within this universe and then make something bigger out of it. And that's what we are doing. We've actually already run marketing campaigns over the last year and this year. So uh, just to stress how much we're putting into this. All right. Coulter Wagner says, are you guys planning on publishing things like fiction, fantasy, and poetry as you build culture? Yes, absolutely. Hell yes. We already have a book out, Tales from the Inverted World. We have uh, uh, the second book is, is nearing completion, and it is a is hundred times better than the first book. This is crazy. Oh. This next book, there were death threats. You know, people were threatening to, you know, kill. This is this Shane? Yeah. Dude, I talked to him a few days ago. I'm excited to see. So we've got, uh, uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff. I don't know. I don't know how much I should reveal. I, I could probably just say this. No big deal. The next series is, cor- is of course, Ghosts of the Civil War, Ghosts of the Confederacy. And, uh, he went down to look for the lost Confederate gold in, in, in Georgia and found a whole bunch of crazy ghost stories, Sasquatch, UFOs, and all the stuff in between. So there's like the story of chasing after this lost gold to uncover the mystery and then all the weird stuff in between is each chapter. But then we're also looking at stories in Chicago with, you know, the, the 1920s, the gangster stuff, Al Capone. You've got a whole bunch of crazy Chicago ghost stories. And then we've, 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 we've got plans for all this stuff, you know, coming out because we, we, we plan long term. Yeah. Yeah. Shane and I were talking about if, if land can harbor pain, if like the land can actually experience pain that then causes like, you know, ghosts, like really like, I don't know, I don't know about that. It. That's pretty far out there for me, but ghosts. It's interesting. Wild. Interesting. It is wild. Yeah. Paxton says, Tim is always saying he could call out a bunch of celebrities. Why not? Um, man, 
it's 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 up to individuals to I struggle with this too. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, well, for one, so I have a couple uh, people that I consider friends. Yeah. Who are extremely extremely famous and their attitudes, you know, they don't just come out and be like I voted for Trump and he's the best. They come out and they say I've thought about coming out in support of Trump publicly, but it means that my family would suffer to a degree that yeah. I can't handle. And then I say that sounds very cowardly and they say there's nothing I can do about it and it's not I can't I can't be the person to force someone to do that. Yeah. A lot of them try to blame it on somebody else, like my spouse just can't deal with it, you know, yep. I can't do that to her, that was never part of the deal, whatever it is. And it just at the end of the day, you know, what you're gonna have to do in the long run is gonna be a lot harder than doing this. So I'll just I'll just you make say, your choice. One of the you're biggest have to live with it. One of the one one of the biggest musicians in the world, having a huge party in Los Angeles with a whole bunch of record exes, record re- record execs and celebrities, and then I was like, they were like, you got to come out and party, man. People here, are fans, and I'm just like, I just find that hard to believe because like, why aren't you guys just tweeting to your millions of followers and just saying yep. like enough? Now, truth be told, these aren't people who are saying the opposite. They're not coming out and supporting Black Lives Matter or anything like that. So that's what I always tell people. They're like, who's conservative in Hollywood? I was like, check their social media and see who's not virtue signaling. (laughs) Right. 99% of the time, they're conservative. That's actually a very conservative thing to do is not tweet out your thoughts. Not not even necessarily conservative. Yeah, not. And that's probably the wrong word, but they're just in general, they're very anti-leftist. You know, they could be in more libertarian ideology or whatever it is, but they're, they're not fans of the Democratic Party. Yeah. John L. says, my word for the new system they're trying to push is sociofascism. I don't know if that's the right word, though. Too many words. So so let me, let me break it down. Communism was a specific reference to that time period about controlling the means of production. Yeah. But the means of production mean very different things these days. Fascism was, was very traditionalist. So it had a lot to do with traditional, you know, traditional, a rigid traditional authoritarianism. That's not necessarily what they're doing right now. Yeah. There's no strong fascist movement in the United States. That's a lie. The media is just pretending there is. There yeah. isn't. There's also not necessarily an, a singular communist system because you have capital as the means of control. So it's this weird – and it's not capitalism. Yeah, obviously, it's not. It's, the, it's, the it's a distortion trade. of capitalism. But it's a, it's a weird combination of all of the worst elements of communism, fascism, and capitalism, you know, together. Fused together. Yeah. Yeah. And technocracy. Can we call it like Neapolitan ice creamism or just like, uh, we do need a name. Thai, Thai like dyeism. Coconut, yeah, coconut ice cream. Really badism. Because that's what we're living through. I like something really bad. I, I'm, I'm set on technocracy at the moment. I, never I mean, seen it's, just, one it's a cool word, but it doesn't fully describe it. It's, you know, yeah, I've right. actually said maybe What's a better description is we're the American CCP now. Because yeah. the CCP operates in a similar way. We're just early in the infancy of it where like they haven't fully come out and been naked, you know, honest about what they really are. But in sort of beginning stages of like, hey, you know, we're starting to take control of everything and, you know, you better like it. You know, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy about it. All right. Rocky Service says, Georgia viewers, please call your state senator and demand they pass constitutional carry bill SB 319. That sounds fantastic. And they say, also, Bigfoot is real. Well, if you listen to Chicken City, you'll often hear us complaining about Sasquatch. Yeah, we live in a, a a kind of a relatively food. sheltered area, so the uh, Sasquatch are safe from predator, predators in this area. Yeah. I'm going to claim the fifth on this. I have, I have no uh, information about Sasquatch, just told, his know. existence yeah. or non-existence. I have no information. Robbie's actually the one who brought Sasquatch over here in the I first place. I think Robbie actually is star, uh, Sasquatch. I, <laughs> I may have. I may have. Sasquatch. Did you get, like, growing up from Battlestar Galactica references yes. to Starbucks? Yes, and uh, thankfully I loved Battlestar Galactica. So <laughs> awesome. It was like, like cool. you know, I was like, all right, cool, that's fine. Yeah. All right, C. Hennessy says, Ian, you couldn't discharge your student loans from bankruptcy since 1976. Written by our current president, Joe Biden, it's only been, been added to 
since then. Oh, then thanks, maybe I'm Joe wrong. Biden. I thought I, I remember uh, George Bush signing. Some go ahead, stuff. say let's go, Brandon. Come on, LGB. Yep. Have y'all super chatted? Let's go, Brandon. Everybody should super chat. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. I was actually going to say that to you when you said it too, but I was like, you know what? It seems like he really knows that. Maybe I'm wrong. And I was like, no, no, I was right. You were wrong. I should never stop myself like that. All right. Jeremy Thomas says, I canceled everything. Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max. It's all gone. Now I sub to Timcast, Daily Wire, and Blaze TV exclusively. That is awesome. I deeply appreciate that. But as much as I can say, like, you should try and get away from these products, I think it's just not realistic in, in, in the short term. And in the short term, we should be saying everybody should be writing, making comics. Look, some people are like, how can I write? How can I make a film? Just do it. Just start doing it. If yep. everybody right now just said, I'll try and make something in five or 10 years, we'll have a ton we'll have of a crazy ton. stuff. We'll flood the zone. Look at, look at, this, look at it's always sunny. Yep. They filmed their pilot with like a cheapo camera yep. and they just made it work. They figured it out. This is the most frustrating thing to me. You know, as a filmmaker, I used to always have people come to me and be like, how can I do what you're doing? And they'd say, I just can't do it because I don't have access to the cameras and all this stuff. I was like, um, I'm the child of a penniless refugee. I did not have some rich family. I was not part of a Hollywood family. I got a cheap camera that I worked a minimum wage job to get. And then I snuck into shows. I filmed stuff of artists and I gave it to them and they were like, oh, this is pretty cool. Hey, we'll pay you to do something cooler. And I built a whole multi-million dollar company out of it. So, you know, if I could do that, you can do it. And guess what? You have the luxury of having an iPhone that has a 4K camera on it. Go make something. And okay. now, now they actually have multiple uh, fields of view. Yeah. So yep. I think, you know. Go like, make something. You have three. all the tools you need. Natural light is a gorgeous thing. It's one of the most beautiful things that you're given by God as a filmmaker. Go use it. What about for audio? What's the best thing for a young uh, filmmaker to make? To they get? have tons. They have tons of these little uh, microphones you can attach, you know, and I would record it separately. Honestly, that would be my, you know, piece of advice. If you have no money and you're going on like the cheapest bare bones operation, record it separately. And they've got tons of these little microphones you can use to do it um just find the cheapest option you know honestly if you're starting out don't go don't go do anything you're going to regret but go do something when you say record separately that's like you'll shoot the scene you record it and then you um you you do the scene again and then just get the audio yeah take the you'll have the raw audio on whatever you film say it's an iphone or whatever you know if that's what you're starting on that's fine there's no shame you can make something amazing with an iphone we've actually shot some music videos with iphones for certain things you know um and then you record the audio separately so you can match the raw audio with that usually do something like a clap to make sure your time's on um but yeah just just go for it make something I agree with Tim on that, but I do. Uh, we disagree on the Netflix thing. I say cancel it, cancel, cancel. all of it, cancel well, all these I'm, people. I'm not who saying hate don't you. cancel. I'm just saying it's 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 unrealistic to think you're going to get a mass movement of people instantly canceling. Because, like I was saying, like I personally don't have Netflix. I got rid of it over the cuties and the big mouth thing, the, the, yeah. those scandals. And we affected their stock prices during the cuties thing, big yeah. time. You know, I but, but there's a lot of people here who have it, so it's on the TVs already. Yeah. I don't know who these people are. These names. Fire but, them. I don't like the, (laughs) I don't like the they hate you rhetoric. Throw them in the moat. I got that a lot where they're like, these companies hate you because they don't know who I am or maybe they do. But I got a lot of this for the war in Iraq. They were like, they hate us for our freedoms. Hey, Ian, just so you know, they hate you. I got a lot of being told that other people hate me. So like, I don't like that as a marketing technique. Well, I, it's not even a mark. It's just reality. So from having lived in that world and been around people in Hollywood and the way they think about the country, they, they hate us. They do. They hate, like, like they a hate normal people. Like a plebeian type it's a, thing? It, yes. A hundred percent. It's a total disregard. We're a different class. And the thing that always bothered me about this is I was the only person kind of speaking up against it because I didn't grow up like they grew up. Most of the people 
who are executives in Hollywood, they're from Hollywood families or they were raised rich. I wasn't. So I come from this different background that's like, hey, you totally have no idea what you're talking about, guys. Um, but that's they, they just have naked disregard for how normal people live their lives, you know, and they do genuinely hate them if they had the choice of I get to continue my life as it is and the power I have and the money I have. Um, but to have that, I need to destroy all these people and everything they love. They press a button in a heartbeat. All right. Harley Chuck says, Tim, you are not a centrist. You are right wing on the culture war. Have more left wingers on instead of this circle jerk. Oh, no, no. I, I shouldn't have said that last one because I remember someone emailed saying, like, my yeah. child asked me what that meant. A circle of jerks. You're all now, patting each other. You're growing up, my friends. You're um, up. Nobody likes jerks. You know, when, when we have on, uh, who did we have on? We had on, was it uh, Royce? When we talked about redlining and blockbusting and the, the, the remnants of racist policies that affected the United States. Yeah, you, you don't get that typically from conservative audiences. And I get called a leftist by conservatives and I get called a right winger by the left. You, sure you actually, last time you asked me a lot of stuff that was not like typical wheelhouse, you know, stuff. It was like, hey, let's think outside the box on this, mm-hmm. you know? I just think that, uh, if you're on the left and you look to your right, you'll see me and a bunch of conservatives. If you're yeah. on your right and you look to your left, you'll see me and then, you know, slightly further away the leftists, yeah. to be completely honest. But it's, it's, it's not an issue of, uh, right or left. It's, it's an issue of truth or not. So like, did Joe Biden engage in illicit business dealings in Ukraine? That's a fact. Yeah. It's like, it, at this point, it's not even a dispute. You're just dealing in facts. I mean, the Hunter Biden laptops confirmed by New York Times. The emails within it show that there was nefarious family dealings. Joe Biden, shortly after, you know, uh, Burisma is telling, uh, Burisma is telling Hunter Biden, like, we gotta end these investigations. Joe Biden goes and gets the investigations ended. Yeah. You gotta be a certain kind of special if you're like, those have nothing to do with each other. You have to be a major they apologist. Shared, they shared bank accounts. Joe and Hunter yep. shared, but come on. And so the problem is, you listen to CNN and they'll be like, there's no evidence. It's true. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, they said it. So it's true. It's like, bro, when we talk about these things, I pull the stuff up. And that is why you were a right wing extremist. You're yeah. pulling up telling facts. The truth. How telling dare the truth. you? Jeez, man. All right. Sid Henry says, Tim, can we go grab Korean barbecue in Northern VA and make fun of woke people with you and the Tim cast crew? Maybe CSGO after. Uh, you know what? Maybe we, we usually like we'll go and grab dinner like every other weekend with like a bunch of people from the house. The people who want to go. I shouldn't say from the house, but from the from the company. People also don't, don't seem to understand. This is the weirdest thing. There's an assumption that people live here when there's like four people who live in the house out of like 30 employees. And it's it's like half of that is me. You know, <laughs> But they're like all the people must live. there. It's like it's an office, man. There's like okay. a, there's like a, one of the rooms is just a bunch of computers. The basement is just work stuff. Yeah. There's a skate park here. But, you know, people typically do not live here. They have houses and their own apartments. It's more like an office building. All right. Let's see. Patrick Reed says, you and Mark Levin should simulcast your 8 o'clock hours as you are both on live at that time. That would be a good show. It would take some coordination to make it happen, but it would be cool. Maybe. I don't know. We don't do dial-in shows. And I think the John Stewart, Andrew Sullivan uh, uh, show is a really good example of why. I think, you know, uh, everyone's roasting Jon Stewart for making an episode called The Problem with White People because Jon Stewart's totally fallen, you oh, know. Yeah. Oh, the it's mighty sad. But uh, Andrew Sullivan, I think, did a really bad job, a really, really bad job with um, – he was not prepared for any real conversation about systemic racism, critical race theory. And so he just looked confused in my opinion. And then he got called racist. The whole thing was just awful. You know – he should not have gone on the show. To be completely honest, if you get hit up, anybody, any personality gets hit up by any talk show, 
and they're like, we would like an expert on woke issues to come and have a debate, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you emailed the wrong person. James Lindsay, his email, you can yeah, find him. Yeah, go at, talk uh, to them. Exactly. Right. Man, narcissism gets in the way of good decisions all the time. <laughs> and that's one example of it. You know, I always see it with CNN. Like CNN has an absolute... Uh, pattern that they they kind of project out when they go and book guests and it's let's find the person who is the least qualified to answer these questions who's a republican and let's bring them on to to answer them you know and they do that to make us look stupid they never bring on the people who could go and just shred them on the issues yeah i'd like to see more chris rufo i remember him giving a pretty explicit awesome succinct uh explanations and then i haven't seen him as much as i'd like to yep jerome morrow says one of your will of the people sequels could be post nuke when the Timcast crew have moved into the underground bunker and then evolved into chuds. Well, I will say that uh, the two songs, because I'm not going to give you the full storyboards that we have for them already the, uh, that are nearing completion. The first one is a song about an insular moment in the revolution between a father and his son. And the second one is about uh, a kid who uh, you know grows up in civil war and dreams of escaping and, and fleeing and there's there's like the stories have all, they they basically have some 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 sort of twist. Well, the one about his dad and his uh, son. I'll just say this: the storyboard is like Memento. You ever see the movie Memento? It's yeah. Got that. Yeah. Then the next one is just a story with a great revelation. But um, following the last one, let me just say, post-apocalyptic is absolutely in the works. For uh, for what we're writing, that's always because fun. when we're when when if you watch Will of the People, the song, you can see the time about the te- technological advancements. The first scene is a little kid. There's posters. The last scene is TVs and computers because we're showing you know time is advancing, which means there will come a point when war in this cycle eventually results in the. I'll just, I'll, I'll just say this: Fermi's paradox, the great filter. We've got we've got a lot of plans for all these songs. I think we've got like forty songs. A lot. So this is what we what, what we do. We're putting together these ideas of what's going to follow follow this. There's like 40 different songs, and there's probably like a hundred different riffs and, and chord progressions. And then we start dropping off and eliminating. Like we don't like these ones. These are these are not as good as these ones. This one's way better. And then we end up keeping like 10. Yeah. So, but in terms of the actual songs, we have a lot of songs. You know, because a lot of them are simple pop structure songs, and some yeah. of them are more complicated. But that's how it goes. You know, I don't want to reveal, reveal too much about our plans. Yeah, so that's I can, how I feel about it, too. Yeah, I don't like saying things unless I, I – You're well, like well, Trump in that way. Well, this is what know? really bothers me about what's happening with the, with the Muse video. Um, what, what I've shown already is not even the extent to which, you know, uh, outside of the video, I personally feel is a shot-for-shot remake. Yeah. It was like if someone was going to make a live, a live movie version of Our Will of the People – they made it the same thing. Theirs is called the Will of the People. It shows uh, 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 hooded figures pull, throwing ropes to pull down statues. Like, that's literally... I feel your frustration. The number of times my work has been stolen from by major labels and huge artists is massive. But the problem is, is in my case, I was always signing deals with these major labels, and they buy you out, basically, of, of your rights. And so you can't go sue over it. But yeah, see, you no, can. Yeah, I, I own all the rights. And people need to understand, like... Some people have said, you don't own this individual idea, this individual idea. And it's like, that's not what happens in court. When you go to court, they, they look at the full picture. Like, yeah. you, you, you know, if you baked a cake and then it was, you know, the collection of all the different kind of icing. Sure, I don't own the idea of icing, but we, we made this one particular thing grouped together. Yeah. But I want to stress another point. I can't reveal literally every single thing about what's going on behind the scenes. But I just want to say what we've talked about in terms of what they did copy 
is not even the full picture because they've copied more. And we have to have like, I have to have lawyer meetings. It, it, it appears that they copied just more than the, than the artistic work, the business strategy around it. There's other elements that like wow. we've already identified that have been like, there's, there's, first of all, people have already looked at the, the, the videos and been like, yeah, come on, like, same color scheme, same character uh, uh, depictions, same throwing of ropes, same name. And then there's also business elements that are extremely similar. And not to mention the weird thing about they posted it on my birthday. Yeah. Which is weird. But I don't want to get too much into that. That's awesome, dude. Because we have, we have some – yeah. the birthday thing may be – the I, I swear that, that the guy nice. watched the show and was like, I love that. I love Tim Pool. I need to know his like, birthday. Me, that is our release it's, it's date. Just, let, me, let me ask you, is it, is, weird. Is, it, is it normal to announce an album five months before releasing it? Is no. It, that's not no, normal? that's weird. That's, that's weird? That's a tornado. Well, so, so, yeah. What is that? Tornado warning? Yeah. Not for here. Oh, oh. For, man, man. for no, 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 real, 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 Be real safe, quick, everyone. Because I, I don't know this, but you've done a lot of work in music and music videos yeah. and all this stuff. And you're saying it is strange for a band to do a, uh, an album announcement, announcement five months before yes. release? Yeah. You see, they announced the album five months before they're putting it out and they announced it on my birthday. That is weird. I, I will say that is weird. That's a, that's a long time before you put an album out. Now, would artists know they're going to do that five months in advance? Yes, but that's always kept, you know, quiet and it's something that it's in the planning stages, you know, where we're meeting with the label and going through, okay, what, it, what, it, what are we going to do? What's the creative on this going to be? You know, it doesn't happen like that where you publicly oh, go man. out. I wish that I could early. say, I wish I could say more because there's a lot more than just this, but, um, there's, there's certain creative elements that are publicly available that we've, uh, we've published. That are also, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, I see it as identical as a yeah. shot for shot. So it's not just this one video. It's our business development around it. And then five months before the album comes out, they post it on my birthday with the name and the same video. And, and That's crazy. That's it, 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 right, right, right. That's yeah. Nuts. So we've got to figure that one out. And we're there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. Yep. So And we put our video out. Uh, we, we launched this project November 2nd, 2020. And we were working on it before then, and I t- and and the first time I ever played the song publicly, uh, actually the first time I played the song publicly may have been like six five years ago when I was writing it, but um, the first time the full version of the song was played was June nineteenth, twenty twenty. So this is before the artistic yeah. development. Yeah. But then um, let me just say that uh, the entirety of the project—it's not just this one video that people need to look at—and this, I, you know, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk about it when we talk about it, but. If, uh, you know, so far all we've done is mention it. There's going to be a larger story here. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah, I think, I think, uh, there's, there's stuff we're working on behind the scenes and there's stuff that is publicly available. But how do I, how do I say this? Not something you can pull up and look for, but what is available to the public with hundreds of thousands of views, which is like, yo, maybe a little sus. Yeah, like yeah. like very 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 very, you know, there's 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 a lot going on. This is Would a big, I be the um, first member of Congress, you know, at least on the Republican side that said sus? Probably. Maybe. Definitely. All right, all right, all right. We got to go to that uh member segment. So, instead of just harping on about, you know, music and stuff, you can check out Will of the People by searching it on YouTube and uh checking out the music video if you haven't seen it. It's a short film, so you got to watch with with intent because there's a lot of key story elements in there that we're using for the projects as we move forward, like the character's name is easily discernible. You can speak, figure out who our, who our protagonist antagonist is. So check that out. You can also check out Chicken City if you want to watch Chicken Sleeping right now or throughout the day. You can follow me at, uh, uh, you can follow me at TimCast. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Head over to TimCast.com and become a member because we're going to post that members only show at, uh, uh, just about an hour or so. 
Robbie, did you want to shout out social media or anything else? Website? Yeah, definitely. Starbuck2022.com if you want to get involved in the campaign. We need people to volunteer from all over the country, make phone calls. If you live in Tennessee, we need you to door knock with me. Uh, but donations matter a lot because I'm not taking that corporate money. So people powered, grassroots matters. And if you want people who are actually going to shake up and change the system, you got to put something behind it, you know, and um, that's time, money, energy, whatever you can do. But then on social media, you can find me everywhere at Robbie Starbuck, R-O-B-B-Y Starbuck. And when you guys go over to that Will of the People, uh, Tim Pool video, leave a comment with my name on it. I, I uh, have some harmonies <laughs> for that song that I didn't record. Just Will of the People? Yeah, go to Tim's video and just be like, hey, Ian sent me. Put it in the comments. Well, Ian's got harmonies in Bright Eyes. Dude, I got harmonies on Will of the People, but we recorded it before I had them fleshed out. So when we play it live, I have a few that are pretty cool. It's very here's a here's a random fun fact. In the last album of the used, um I there's some background vocals of me on a couple of the songs because I was at John Feldman's house while they were recording it. And uh I forget what we were even meeting about, but um me and my wife Landon, our vocals are on there. Hers more prominently. She actually is like singing something, you know, just herself. She was like doing something with uh Bert, but yeah, that's a random fact. Random info. Her name's on the album. Mine's is, mine's not though. Yeah, Bright Eyes is, is clutch. I've me. I sang on that one pretty pretty overtly, and man, it sounds nice. Yeah, that's blended. Very, Carter is a genius. Thank Which you, Bright Carter. Eyes. You said, yeah, Bright Eyes is hot. Yeah, it's getting good. Oh, that's good. I get shit. Pete is just amazing drummer, man. He is that. Uh, we really enjoyed having him as well. Thank you very much for coming this evening, Star, uh, Robbie Starbuck. <laughs> Starbuck. Starbuck. <laughs> She's going to Battlestar Galactica. Coffee. Starbuck. <laughs> That's true. Thank I you for coming, Starbuck. Coffee. I'm sorry. Please yes. don't blame me. You guys may follow me on Twitter and um, minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz. I also have my own little site called sarahpatchlitz.me. We will see all of you over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.